Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday. I keep thinking it's Friday, but then I suddenly realise it can't be Friday because we'd be doing the election programme, but we haven't done the election programme yet. That'll be tomorrow morning. Meanwhile, we've got Thursday to get through yet, and uh, what a day it's going to be. More rain, I believe. 15 degrees... Yesterday, I'll tip it down. I said to a friend of mine, I said, look, it's overcast. He went, no, it'll be all right. I went, it's going to rain. And he went, no, no, it won't. <laughs> Blow me down. Within an hour, it bucketed down. I mean, really, seriously, bucketed down. But uh, I managed to get loads of stuff done yesterday. I was off here, I was off there, I was doing things. And then I got back home and I thought, I want to go out and do more. So I went out and did more stuff. It was all really exciting. On the programme for this morning, uh, Harry sorts out transport for the big day, as if. You seriously believe that Prince Harry be sitting there going, um, OK, we'll have two state Landau's, uh, a Land Rover. Well, we've all got free Land Rovers. And, uh, and the temperature's going to be marvellous, isn't it? And Harry will be wearing a uniform. That, I don't know, perhaps they just wear it because it's like fancy dress now. They're saying that some of the ushers could be some of the blokes who are with him in Vegas. So that'll mean we'll have a striptease halfway down St George's Chapel because he likes taking his clothes off, does Harry. Uh, the McCanns in the paper today... Uh, they mark 11 years without Maddie. Apparently they've now got another £154,000. I mean, I, d- I don't know where the end is in sight for this one. I'm not sure that there is an end in sight. Uh, the beauty therapist in the papers. You'll laugh when you see the picture. How this woman could ever be a beauty therapist, I've got no idea. She beat up three cops. She now admits she has cut back on booze and cocaine. So that's good news. But you'll laugh when you see the picture. That's a beauty therapist. You'd walk in and go, I think we go somewhere else. Uh, The woman flies on her husband's passport, proving that they don't really do proper checks. Uh, The Speaker of the House of Commons is a bit of a national embarrassment. Monty Don, his programme's been sidelined so that you can watch dreary old snooker. Who watches snooker? Come on, please. I mean, I thought bowls and synchronised swimming was bad enough, but I mean, snooker. It's just blokes bent over the table. Somebody said they they like to see blokes bending over the table, you know, because it made the game more interesting. And I watched something the other day with Steve Interesting Davis where this bloke had to pot so many... It was a bit like watching that snooker programme, that um, the big break. God, John Virgo used to have to do a trick shot or something. But this was a bloke who had all these balls laid out on the table and they and he was allowed to pick three out and then the rest of it had to pot. And he did it. He did, like, 20 balls in... And it was amazing. The cue ball came back into the right place each time. And I thought, well, that's what you do for a living, isn't it? Like darts players, you know, you're supposed to get treble 20 because that's what you do. If you didn't get treble 20 and only got one, you'd be a bit of a, a feeble failure. Um, the nation's favourite cake has been revealed. Please don't write in with your favourite cake. I'm not remotely interested or bothered in what you shove in your mouth first thing in the morning. But apparently it's lemon drizzle. Anybody from BBC Local Radio listening, that'll sort out your day's programming, won't it? We have anything to worry about in the phone-in departments. What should we do today? Well, the vicar's doing favourite cakes. OK, let's do it. Should we do favourite cakes? Everybody agreed? Yes? Yes? Thank you. We're all doing cakes today, then. OK, we'll, we'll, we'll start with... Marcia, are you doing cakes on your programme? OK, if, if the vicar does what cakes to have at Sunday school, can you do maybe making them? Anybody doing... Uh, Lucille, you do Battenberg? You can do Battenberg cake. Well, we've sorted out a week's broadcasting, I think you'll find, ladies and gentlemen. Another programme meeting next year. God in heaven. Uh, The vet's warning over the health of um, those French bulldogs. Jo Malone, lovely Jo Malone, admits she makes the bed for her son. He's 17, and she sprays it with her her, uh, perfumes as well. I don't think there's anything the matter with that, actually. The thick burglar, there's always thick burglars, aren't there? This one, they, they managed to get him fairly quickly. 
He left his prison ID at the scene. Dumbo, Dumbo. Perhaps you enjoyed the company of men in a sort of kind of sort of locked up situation. Uh, Sabutio created the first women's game ahead of this weekend's Women's FA Cup final. Whoopee! That's a, a first, isn't it? They don't even have any women players, but they've done a whole team. I used to play Sabutio, but to be honest with you, it ruins your nails. You've got to flick the... Pl- oh, rubbish. I thought Sabutio was the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever seen. I was better at blow football. No surprise there. You know, it was a lot easier to sort of... Be- or filling that... What was that other ball where you sort of turned the handles on this game? Uh, table football. That was quite good. I liked that one. I was very good at that one. Uh, Cadbury's have admitted nobody uh, found their white creme cream egg... Uh, which was uh, out there worth £2,000. You know, you have to ask yourself the question. I mean, how much money do people spend for that, You know, for them to give away one £2,000 egg? I mean, honestly, it's a bit of a swizz, isn't it, really? Uh, Greece is 40. We got chills. They were multiplying. And, um, and what happened to the cast? Where are they now? Well, many of them are dead um, because it was 40 years on. They were sort of getting on a bit then. So some would have been in their 70s. Some passed over, you know, at roughly about the same time. Uh, Harry's Las Vegas mates may be ushers at the big wedding, which we're very much looking forward to. Uh, I'll run through because you you won't know any of these people, but they're all terribly well titled. And Harry, Harry knows them. And they know Harry quite well, too, because every time they're together, he takes his trousers down. He apparently also kissed Harry, uh, a male member of a status quo tribute band. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to pick anybody, pick a status quo tribute band. And Harry kissed him. You don't think there's something they're not telling us, do you, in that family? You know, has Harry sort of got a little sort of bar? You know what I'm saying? You know, running at the end of the garden. What sort of... I mean, what, what will the entertainment be? It'll be something to please his uh, his grandmother. She doesn't want to sit there listening to sort of Bruce Springsteen or anything like that. Does she? She's looking for something a little bit more interesting, perhaps a bit of a bit of culture. Well, you're not going to get it with Harry, are you? Because Harry doesn't do culture. He does drunk lashing out at photographers because that's you know some people are like that. And he also does dropping his trousers in Vegas, and and he wears Nazi uniforms, which is interesting. So what was the other thing? There was something else that came up as well, and it was something to do with. Germanic and somebody expressed surprise. I went, oh, was that really quite right? Anyway, apart from that, get yourself a cup of tea and we go through the, the papers and we take all your texts and emails. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. Why? Because we're, what we just do, that's what we do first thing in the morning. If, of course, you're BBC Local Radio, you'll be currently phoning up with your favourite chocolate gatoaks, you know, and uh, eclairs. I saw an eclair the other day in the, the window of Patisserie Valerie. It had more squelchy cream in it than I've ever seen. It was almost like they'd taken an eclair, cut it down the middle, and then just gone and piped it all the way through with squelchy cream, which I quite like, actually, because I work on the assumption if it's, if it's cream out of, um, out of a tin, out of a can, the, the squirty cream, that evaporates anyway, so that doesn't count. You could literally squirt that into your mouth, like that, and, and it would just evaporate. I did a trifle once. I told you, I, I cooked a meal many years ago, and, um, and I put squirty cream on the top. It looked fantastic. When I came to take it out, it had all gone. I was just left with that sort of rather limp-looking custard on the top, because I, like, um, I do like a trifle, but not, not very often. Occasionally, it's just it's like a little bit of a treat, I suppose, really. Uh, also, um, what was the other one? Um, oh, yes, if, if you've got stress... After a long day out at work or whatever it happens to be, colouring in apparently is very popular. And you can go to the market. You can do this today, play along at home if you want. And you go to the market and you can buy these big things and then you buy um, a tube of sort of coloured pens which are, uh, you can wipe the colour off afterwards and you can fill in. That's very popular. They'll be doing that on BBC Local Radio as well, I should imagine. So today, colouring in. Vicar, would, would you do that one? OK, lovely, thank you. That's we can have colouring in of the Archangels. 
That'd be a very popular one. I love it. I, we used to do colouring in. When you were little, you had to do it so it didn't cross the black line. Do you remember? And that was really difficult, especially after you'd had a bottle of vodka. I mean, it was nigh on impossible. We used to try, but we didn't quite get there. Uh, the puppy crook fined £50,000. So pleased. Another one of these lying old bags who pretends to be, oh, I'm really an animal lover. No, she's not. Animal hater. Uh, storm over a teacup. The Royal Navy lifeboat crew in very hot water. They've been a bit naughty. And somebody who um, who cut the cake, the ribbon, and had a piece of cake with the Queen launching an aircraft carrier, just been found guilty, and uh, they, they do a drugs test, apparently, in the Navy. Every so often found guilty, kicked out immediately. Cough, I know that happened in real life. It was so much easier, wasn't it? Uh, TV's Tyrone from Corrie has broken up with his wife in real life. She was in Corrie in real life, and I think they played husband and wife. I'm pretty certain that... Anyway, in, in real life... They were husband and wife as well. Uh, Kanye talking a load of rap. I sometimes wonder whether or not these people go, oh, you're really intelligent, aren't you, Kanye? No, he was stupid. Even Will I Am uh, was sort of complaining about it, saying it's just wrong, isn't it, what he's saying? But there again, you don't accept, just because he's got loads of money and he's very popular doesn't mean he's intelligent. And the, the mother who's uh, in a relationship, apparently, she, um, she's a sex addict. <laughs> Live in hope. Live in hope. Live in hope. And... Five times a day, apparently, was not enough for her. It seems an awful lot to me. I mean, five, five times in a year, I thought, was fairly excessive. But five times a day was not enough. You do get these people, don't you? I mean, I'm a, there's a very famous Hollywood actor, and he, he has, has this addiction, which is, we sort of bring it down to, it's a sex addiction, but there's a special name for it. And, uh, and he, he was addicted to sex five times, and lucky you can manage it, to be honest with you. Uh, also, you have to learn this morning, and I shall endeavour to help you take a compliment. Because it's not easy, is it? If somebody says to you, God, you look really nice today, you go, yeah, right. Well, you know, waiting for the punchline. You know, like, you don't really look that good. Like, do you go to hairdresser today? And you go, no. And they go, I didn't think so. And you think, oh, right, I just walked right into that one. You know, that's a, it's a nice top. Didn't they have it in your size? You know, that kind of thing. You know, it's all it's sort of backhanded compliments. You know, you look really well, meaning you're about to drop dead. They all say that, don't they? If ever anybody sort of drops dead, they go, but he looked so well yesterday. Yesterday, he was fine. They were doing that on the uh, on the television the other day with various people. But there was the... Um, have I done the thing? Oh, do I, am I doing it on the little bit extra? I can't remember if I'm doing the Ben Volpierre story. I don't, I don't know on there. I must mention it now because I was watching the television and it was that dinner dates programme, which is where you go into... I mean, the sort of restaurant I wouldn't be anywhere near, I'm afraid, because they're just all too creepy, all the staff. And you've got the, the French maitre d' hello... And you think, go away, go away now. And he was everything all right? And this is your date? And, you know, this guy... And I'm thinking, oh, God, honestly, nothing worse. And, uh, and the bloke sitting there in the restaurant, he looked a bit emaciated, thin little face with a sort of a strange hat on, indoors. Nobody wears a hat indoors. I mean, you know, you really don't. If, if you're going out to a restaurant, you don't wear a hat. That's the, you know, that's, that's the etiquette. And she, she had a tattoo all over, all over her shoulder... And I was sort of thinking, well, this this is an odd couple. And then at the end they go, so because I missed the whole dinner thing, because I wasn't really that interested. And they said, would you uh, would you be sort of seeing each other again? And she sort of went, ha, 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 like that. She was about fifty, and um, and it, it turned out that uh, she wanted him as a friend. But then he turned out to be famous from the eighties. He was the lead singer of a group called Curiosity Kills the Cat, and he was Ben Volpier Piero, uh, who was the one who was rumoured to have had a bonking session with Bob Geldof's ex, Paulie Yates. 
Uh, and then it turned out, and he's talked about it, that he had problems with drugs and everything. He said it was the 80s, everybody had problems with drugs. Well, I lived through the 80s, I didn't have a problem with drugs. So I don't know what they're sort of going on about. They just come up with all this rubbish, don't they? And he's now so desperate that he's got to go on to this uh, site. Like... Lewis Hamilton has gone on to a celebrity dating site. That, to me, reads, oh, my goodness, how desperate do you have to be? A celebrity dating site. Nobody's going to want to go out with him. The only people who are going to go out with him is because he's rich, he's called Lewis Hamilton, and he's got the oddest wardrobe you've ever seen. You're not going to go out with him for any other reason. You know, because he always seems a bit dull and boring. And yet I saw him on Top Gear. I thought he was really good on Top Gear. But, you know, if you can't find somebody, you have to start questioning, don't you? What is the problem? To find the right person, you know, the person that you click with, is a, is a really difficult thing. Sometimes you go out with somebody and you think, oh, yeah, they're, they're really nice. And you start looking at them as a potential partner. And then you start thinking, maybe not. Maybe not. Somebody asked me, my, my brother asked me, he said, do you think you'll ever, ever go with somebody? Well, I never said I wouldn't. Um, but I'm not remotely interested. The idea of settling down. God, not at my time of life. Way too hard. They'd just be after me for my for my Prosecco collection. That's all it would be. They're not after me for anything else. Let's face it. I mean, you know, anyth- you know, it's just it's, I just don't see the point of it. And luckily, I've got loads of friends who are in a similar situation. A friend of mine's having a relationship with somebody. His his, his his partner lives in Dublin, and he lives here. And I said, "How does that work?" He said, "Well, it's really good." I said, "What? We're not seeing anybody." I said, "I bet your bottom dollar they're having a field day over in Dublin." And he went, "No, they're not." I said, "Of course they are." If you're young and good-looking, you're not going to sit at home and do knitting, are you? Or something like that, or a, a jigsaw, or painting by numbers. You're going to be out on the town. If you're good-looking, you know, you're going to be out there. So I promise you, your par- partner's out there. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So, imagine. I was just explaining to the producer, we, we did a TV show for Five Five's Company, clips on... Um, actually, I think the interview with me and Dale is on... Uh, is online. Also, in fact, everything is online. I think somebody's put up all sorts of little little bits and pieces, and um, and we had a we had a bloke on there, and he, we did a feature on rabbits. I don't know why, but we had to have two rabbits. One was a stunt rabbit in case the first one kicked it, and uh, and everything. It was all very bizarre. We got taught to ballroom dance and everything. And I did the tightrope walking, but I cheated a little bit on that because it was only about nine inches. Uh, off off the ground. I never knew what nine inches looked like. Actually, I was, I was, it was a, it was sort of a low level tightrope, and and I was quite fancy myself. But of course, as you know, I've got a fear of heights. Even nine inches is enough, Jordan, to frighten me enough to not you know to go. Do I have to do it? Can I do something else? I tried turning round in the bathroom the other day. Not not deliberately just turning round to see if I can make myself dizzy. But as I turned round, I missed my footing. I do it all the time. Do it all the time. It's, it's just very peculiar. But um, a friend of mine, Jordan, he, he was FaceTiming me yesterday. Unfortunately, I was backwards and forwards in, into the doctors uh, trying to sort I've got bits and pieces. I've got so many blooming hospital appointments. It's, it's ridiculous. I might as well just move a bed in and sort of stay there till it's all, all these procedures are finished. But uh, I was so down. And then the heavens opened and I thought, oh, God, this looks a disaster. And, uh, and then I ordered a couple of things from Amazon. They arrived yesterday. Another th- load of things are arriving today. I say load of things. It's just getting ready for the summer. And this weekend, they've said, it's going to be it's going to be heat wave. It's going to be heat wave. It's going to be boiling. And I'm still not wearing shorts. I just don't. I think if you're tanned, I think you're all right. I think if you sort of if you start off with that nut brown asphalt creosote kind of colour, you know, because you've always walked around with your shirt off looking like you're a candidate for the Jeremy Kyle show. That's fine. But unfortunately, I'm sort of pale emaciated. I'm just not sort of that sort of person. Although, actually, I'm, as you know, I've, I've stopped drinking 
for... <laughs> it's been a dreadful year. Um, I've stopped drinking because I want to make sure that by the time we get round to the cataracts, I'm going to take my blood sugar levels down to the, to the required numbers. It's got to be under 13. So I've done two days now without uh, any Prosecco. It's been the worst bloody year of my life. I can't tell you. It's, it's been, but I discovered the trick to it yesterday. Go to bed early. If you go to bed early, you can't drink when you're in bed. Well, you can, but you spill it and it makes a bit of a mess. And so I thought, right, I should go to bed late. So I'm just about to go to bed at 4.30 because I was a bit tired. I'd rushed around doing things. Then a friend of mine phoned and said, I'm just about to go to bed. Anyway, that didn't deter her. Off she rambles on. She's just driven back from Nottingham and all that. And it takes forever. Miles when she was really tired and very exhausted. And I I keep wanting to interrupt go, look, I've got to go to bed because I'm I'm in danger of opening a bottle of, of Prosecco. But I didn't. And uh, so I drank some milk, climbed into bed, bang, out for the count. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, really? It, I mean, it really is. You need to record yourself just going, yeah, yeah. We used to have... I must tell you this story, because this, this was actually quite funny. Years ago, um, uh, we used to have a Nightline programme uh, produced by a bloke called Peter. And uh, Peter would produce this programme very well. He was a very good producer. He could always convince you to do something you didn't really want to do. Uh, but at the end of each programme, he would go back into the newsroom to do the paperwork. You know, this we did this item, we did this item. Everything had to be logged. And he would get this listener who would phone him. And uh, she would sort of chat away for what seemed like hours. And so he'd pick up the phone to her. And she, she would get put through to the newsroom by Bill on the door, whoever it happened to be. He'd be going, yeah, yeah, yeah. he put the phone down just resting on, on the desk. He'd go off, and i go, is she still talking? He'd go, yeah. Hour and a half she'd do on the telephone. Hour and a half. And every so often he'd pick up the phone and go, yeah? Wow. Put the phone down. I'd wander off again, do something else. And she happily, she did this every night. Five nights a week. I said, why? why do you? He said, well, she thinks I'm listening. I said, oh, right. Nothing to do with favourite cake or anything like that. It was just the fact that she was at the end of the telephone, and he'd just pick up and go, yeah, mm, wow. Goodness. Yeah. Phone down. Off he go. Go and do something else. Of course, in those days, you could smoke in the newsroom. It was like a fog. It was literally like a fog. There were full-up ashtrays all over the place. But it was the fact that he never actually spoke to her. But she obviously went to bed quite happy, I would think. 25 past four. 25 past four. So today, not going to rain, is going to rain. We don't know if it is going to rain. It's not going to rain. I can't remember. I know it's going to be 15 degrees, but I can't remember what happens after the 15 degrees. Is it worth my while... Because I've got this awful habit at home. And yesterday, one of the neighbours had a, had a, a leak uh, going on. And, um, and I thought, uh, because when I go in, I'm like, years and years ago, you go in and you take your school clothes off and you put your play clothes on. But the trouble is, I'm at that age, I don't have any play clothes. So I just sort of take my clothes off, apart from shirt and pants, obviously. So if anybody knocks at the door, you know, they just have to get it full, full frontal. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, so today, fine but chilly. It is chilly. Northwest cloudy, breezy, partial rain. Oh, sorry, patchy rain or drizzle. Brighter elsewhere with some sunshine, but increasing cloud, especially in the west. We're in the south, aren't we? We're in the south. So that's all right. I mean, I don't, so let's have a quick look where it is. So in London, it's cla- oh, partly cloudy, light winds, I think. Uh, tomorrow, dry in the south. OK, sunny intervals and breezy. Breezy yesterday. My hair ruined. Seriously. 25 by Monday. I've got to get my hair cut. I don't think it'll be today. It'll either be today or it'll be tomorrow. You know when you get to that stage, if you keep your hair cut fairly sort of short, you need to keep it cut short. I'm not Josh Widdicombe. You know, I'm not Josh Widdicombe. And, and I need it cut short, because otherwise it starts going a bit frizzy. 
I start looking a bit as I've been plugged into an electric socket. They were all talking earlier on. Did Darren play that clip of Philip Schofield wiring himself up to this? I don't know, you could adjust the thing on it for the actual shock value. Do we have that clip? Because I, I, I missed it, because I think I was just... What was I doing? I was doing something. Uh, and I missed it. I heard him trailing it. But So this is Philip Schofield yesterday on This Morning with one of these electric dog collars, which you put on, and it gives him a little shock. So he... Did he put it on? No, oh, he held it in his hand. Oh, oh God. And it, and it went like this. Turn it up to 100. Oh, God, really? OK. Is that 100? No. no. Oh, wait, well, don't that? do it then. Don't. That's 33. 33. Don't turn it up then. Do you want, to take, do you want me to take Turn it up to 100. Okay. No! 30. Is that 100? Oh, my God. No, I'm going to take it up to 100. I don't know OK. That's, that's really quite 72, uncomfortable. Is, is that well? 72? OK, ah, don't do it I anymore. Can't. What was that? 83. 83. But wow. Can I just make a point? Would you wow. now say that you're afraid of the sofa or that you're afraid of I'm me? I'm not coming anywhere near you. <laughs> it's amazing. Years ago, when I used to live in, in the countryside, we had a lot of electric fencing around the farms. And you knew it was electric fencing because every so often it had one of those round sort of ceramic things, which meant it was electric fencing. And I remember touching it once and it, it, sort of, it only gives you a mild little shock. But you do remember, do you not, dear listener, that uh, I had a slight problem with snoring years ago and so I bought this machine which you put on your wrist and it looked like a looked like a slightly thicker watch but it had a little microphone thing on it and when you snored it gave you a shock underneath the two electrodes and so you <laughs> the idea was you were frightened to go to sleep because it gave you a little shock and I did buy one of these things and in the end I was I was too frightened to wear it because the shock was quite so you, you could turn up the uh, the frequency of it but again similar sort of thing to the to the dog Thing which Philip endured, but I've done electric fencing, and people say, just hold it, because you can do it, it's the initial shock. It's like, you know, jumping out of a sauna into ice-cold water. If you jump out of a sauna into ice-cold water, it's like, oh, don't like that, don't like that. But that's that's what happens, you know, it's that initial shock. Once you've got over it, if, if you go on holiday, you know you go on holiday, and they go, oh, see you down by the pool, Many years ago, for me, as you can imagine. So you walk around the pool for ages, don't you? Putting your toe in, going, oh, it's all right, it's all right. I'll get in in a minute. They go, come on, Steve, come on, jump in. You go, yeah, in a minute, don't worry. I'm, I'm sort of adjusting. And you're thinking, I'm just not going to jump into this pool. There's no, there's no way that it's going to be happening. So you put your foot in. And then you sit by, sit by the side of the pool, dangling your feet in there. And you think, blooming cold, in it? We've all done it. We've all done it because you just cannot jump into an ice-cold pool. And then what happens? Somebody comes and pushes you off the edge. And those people die. Because you you fall, you go yeah that's okay I'm fine with that it doesn't make any difference I'm you know I'm I'm really cool with it but you're not you're not cool with it because it it's just, it's too blooming cold you have to have to get used to these sort of things so that's why you know saunas great I could do a sauna but I don't want to jump into any anything that's got ice on the top of it or a plunge pool or anything that's icy what is the point what is it they go it's good for your skin well sod that for soldiers it's not happening in my world I'll tell you eight four eight five zero stevedlbc.co.uk all your texts and emails I've been single. Says Rob, for 16 years, and I love it. Can't be bothered with relationships. My friends think it's time I settle down. No, 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 no. Why? Why would you need to? I remember somebody saying to me about 25 years ago, they said, of course, you're going to be lonely. I thought, God, the last thing I am is lonely. The last thing I am is lonely. I mean, I've got a couple of uh, friends of mine who've recently taken uh, up with relationships. And I don't know whether or not it's the relationship that they like and they want it to go further or whether or not it's just convenient for the time being. I'm, I'm terribly cynical about relationships. I think it's great because everybody goes, oh, you must have a relationship. You must have a relationship. And I was, I was thinking years ago, and then somebody said to me, 
They said, oh, you're going to be really lonely in old age. I thought, well, I'm in old age now and I'm certainly not lonely. I'm certainly not lonely. You could never accuse me of being... I'm not remotely bothered by things like that. I'd much rather go out with friends and have something to eat or go out shopping. I can... I can listen, I've discovered garden centres. Can't teach me anything about, uh, about loneliness. There's loads of people who go around, they chat to people, they're like-minded. It's great. Brilliant. And also, I mean, what, what other jobs? Have you got so many people who are listening into the, into the programme who interact with you? Brilliant. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Are you well this morning? Are you feeling fit? Are you feeling okay? Are you looking forward to the weekend? Actually, of course, if you're single, and there might be single people listening, in fact, there's a very good chance there probably are single people listening who are going, Oh, I hate the weekends. Hate the weekends. Because if you don't have a lot of friends, or you don't have anybody to go out with, or you phoned up one person, and they go, Actually, I'm busy this weekend. You're kind of at a loose end, aren't you? And you think, I don't know, I think they should set up clubs for single people. Well, they've got them. They're called pubs. And, uh, and this weekend, of course, in Twickenham, you're never going to be lonely because we've got the army and the navy playing. Or as I prefer to call it, stand up, fall down, get arrested. It's always fairly popular. There's always, uh, always a bit of drunkenness. In fact, there's always quite a bit of drunkenness. And uh, it's, all, it's all sort of very good-natured, but we ha- we'll have, on Friday, the military police in. The military police come in and they work out where they're going to put the paddy wagons to h- cart them off to if they cause trouble or things like that, which, of course, they will be. They will be causing trouble at some point. There'll be a little bit, a little bit too much alcohol. And as usual, when I leave for work on the Sunday morning, there'll be a few stragglers propped up in doorways where they've drunk too much. They haven't managed to find out where their coach is to go back home again. So they're just sort of... It's really, it's really quite, quite tragic, really. Quite tragic, but always entertaining for us. I think there's also something going on at Harlequins. And it's the bank holiday weekend, so all the garden centres will be full because people are going to go, oh, it's going to be nice weather. I went uh, yesterday to buy um, uh, a sprayer. We've got to spray the moss off. And so I bought the moss killer. That's arriving today. Uh, I bought this big sprayer thing from Bunnings. This is an Australian company that took over Homebase. Uh, there's loads of rumours on the internet. Oh, this one's going to close, that one. But apparently it's not. I did, I did check with the management there. I said, are you, are you closing? I went, are you joking? This one's doing really well. Like with some of the other ones um, that, are, that are closing, but this one is definitely not. And they've got all sorts of things there. I mean, I can spend hours walking. These sort of places fascinate me. I spend hours walking around them. It's tragic, isn't it? But I love it. absolutely love it. Uh, Steve, talking about not wearing shorts, what age do you think you should... Uh, stop wearing leather trousers. Um, it depends what business you're in. I used to have a pair of me- leather trousers. And um, and I walked into a local pub, this is about 15 years ago, wearing leather trousers. And I could see people looking at me thinking, what is he wearing? What is he wearing? Because I remember Dale wore a pair on the lottery. The same lottery show, I think somebody like Bruce Springsteen was on, wearing his leather trousers. I can't tell you, but I will, that Bruce Springsteen looked a lot better in his leather trousers than Dale did. Dale didn't look good in leather trousers, but he went through a phase. Mind you, he went through a phase of wearing um, flying suits and stuff like that. So, I don't know, actually. Uh, Phil thinks he looks like uh, 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 an overflowing bin liner. He said, I saw Cliff Richard wear a pair and decided to buy some. See, the trouble is, that's the big mistake people make. You see somebody wearing something and you go, I'll wear that. But you've got to be the right shape to wear things. I told you before, I've bought Calvin Klein pants before now. And uh, thinking that if I put them on, I'll look like the model on the front picture. But I don't. I just look like a rather fat version of him, you know, which doesn't look so, so great. So you see people wearing clothes and I think, oh, that'll be nice. I'll go and buy that. And then you go out and you put... And you, no, it's not me. It's not me at all. 
Not me, definitely. Uh, Steve, if you have a fear of heights, says Ron, go for a helicopter ride. It'll either cure your fear or scare you to death. Well, I've been in a helicopter. I come from a forces family, so I've been in quite a few helicopters and things like that. And um, I didn't have the fear of heights when I went in it. I think it's afterwards. You know, people... Do you know over in um, uh, Vegas, they've got the Grand Canyon, and they've got that walk out. It's a glass walk, and people get frightened. I've been on Blackpool Tower, up, uh, up right at the top of the town. There's a big piece of plate glass, and there's a boy and his girlfriend up there, and she is sobbing uncontrollably. I don't want to go on it! Because the idea is you stand on the piece of glass... And, of course, I mean, it's about seven inches thick. There's no chance of this thing breaking. You could jump up and down on it with an, with an elephant. Well, maybe not an elephant. But you could certainly jump up and down on it. And she was in a terrible state. Terrible state. And we do tend to become a little bit wary, don't we, of things like that. But I wouldn't have any problem with doing that sort of thing. I did, I did worry about the, there's a place in China where the walk to the village, it's poles pushed into the mountainside, sheer rock. And they've drilled holes in as they've gone round, put a thing in, and then put, like, a little sort of walkway round, but you've got to hang on to the pole to get round. I mean, it's, it's, you're up sort of like 200 feet. It's terrible. I mean, really, I mean, it, it frightened the life out of me. And even looking at it, there's a, there's a bloke who climbs towers. Have you seen him? This one, he doesn't have um, any safety harness. He just climbs up with his bare hands and he goes up the, up the side of buildings and then posts, oh, no, thank you. What happens if you, if you get, you know, sort of, if there's a gust of wind? Or something, you know, I mean, oh, dear, I don't know. A friend of mine used to have a pair of leather trousers, too. Can't remember where they went. Can you remember what happened to yours? Yep. Still in one of my wardrobes. Together with two, <laughs> two pairs of camouflage trousers, which have never been worn, but Dale bought them. And they're camouflage trousers, one in blue and one in green. And I put them on, and I stood in front of the mirror, and I thought, there is not a cat in hell's chance of you walking down the high street in these things. But mind you, I have got a lot of uh, different items, lots of shirts from Dale's. Don't ask me why. But every time I went round there, I'd be offloaded with bin liners of clothes. There'd be so many clothes that would be coming through. So I had suits. I had copy suits. You know, there was one well-known high street retailer that you could take something in and, that, and it, it could be copied fairly quickly. So you could have, I've got Versace suits, everything. They don't fit at all now. They're just there, and I just, now I don't want to get rid of them. I don't know what to do with it. Because I'm sure, can you imagine if you turned up to a car boot and you went, these are Dale Winton's suits, we're going, yeah, whatever. You know, because nobody would believe you. But somewhere I do have the leather trousers. Somewhere. I can't remember why I bought them, actually. I think you've got to be a certain person, haven't you, to wear leather trousers. But I've, I've definitely got the camouflage trousers. The leather ones might even be in the wardrobe. But uh, as I say, best, best not go there. I think. Best not go there. So that's, you know, but I did wear them, but my God, you got some abuse. You really did. I'm a journalist in Ireland, says uh, says Jen. And a friend interviewed Meghan Markle in 2016, found her a bit rude and dismissive. The woman who was the feature writer for a celebrity magazine was uh, used to spoiled brats and D-list actors, but had nothing good to say about the future princess. I think it depends how you get people, doesn't it? I mean, I, listen, I'm no huge fan of her. I don't know her from Adam. When, when she was Adam, I, um, I just know that she was in Suits. Uh, they called her Hollywood royalty. She was never Hollywood. Nobody knows who she is. Nobody knows who she is. She's just another actress in something. And now, as you probably know, her half-brother has written to Prince Harry saying, basically, uh, don't go through, through with the wedding. She's an attention seeker. She's this and that and the other, which shows what the relationship is in this family, that somebody would actually go to the lengths of writing to somebody's future husband. 
Ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, Steve, it's a popular misconception that all people living on their own do so because they have no friends and are sad, lonely old souls with nothing better to do than watch daytime television. I live on my own, but like you, I'm certainly not lonely. Oh, God, I can't wait to get in. Sometimes you shut the door and you think, oh, brilliant. Imagine if there was somebody else there all the time. And they go, hi. And you go, oh, God. You know, because you have to be, you know, you, you can't do anything, can you, really, you know, if you're with, with somebody else. So I'm not too sure, actually. I'm not too sure, really, how it, how it kind of works. But uh, all I know is that when you go in and you shut the door, if you live by yourself, it's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, it says here, um, I'm always out and about, go on holidays, day trips into the theatre. Even though it's 66, my wretched arthritis threatens to keep me indoors on occasion. Even then, I'm quite happy with my own company. And even though my friends know they're welcome any time, sometimes nice to be on your own. Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree. I th- you know, so, some people, it works brilliantly. You know, if you don't like the look of people, or if you don't like the... Good heavens above. Look at this. The first shift is in today. It's nice to see. Look at you, honestly. 20 to 5. It's nice to see you in, you know. Breakfast producer, you know, and all that. Do you have a new title now? Is there a new title that you've got? Senior... Oh, that's it. No, you don't get a free bus pass. I get the free bus pass. And you've got a new flatmate and everything? My God. God, your social life must have taken a turn for the better. Oh, is that, uh, oh maybe not. <laughs> Sorry, just talk among yourselves at home. We're just dealing with, with things here in the, in the building. <laughs> so you're quite right. You know, if you live by yourself, you can do whatever you want. All you, I'll tell you what the secret to living by yourself is, David. The secret is you've got to like your own company. That's, that's all you've got to do. You've got to like your own company. If you don't like yourself or you think you've got failings, well, then fair enough. But, of course, I mean, I'm stubborn enough to think I don't have failings. Which is, uh, which is interesting. And a friend of mine has asked the, um, the same question everybody else asks. He says, is your flat the biggest flat in the world? You seem to have so much stuff. Where do you keep the vacuum cleaners? Oh, everywhere. Everywhere. I am, I am Mr. Trever. Do you remember that programme, Paddington Green? Mr. Trever was the, uh, the bloke who lived, I think, off the high road in Paddington. And he hoarded everything. I would be considered a hoarder. I know where things are, but I would be considered a hoarder. Somebody would say to me, friends of mine have threatened. My brother said, if you die, <laughs> he said, which of course is going to happen at some point. He said, how long would it take us to clear your place? I said, well, if you started Tuesday 2018, you might just about finish Wednesday 2019. <laughs> you know, because I do hoard things. I don't like getting rid of things. I think there's a story to do with everything. And if you if you do this sort of, you know, for a business... I mean, you know, I would hate it if somebody came round and started organising. Oh, dear. People have tried in the past. And it just it just isn't me. You know, I, I need to... I, I could probably get another place and then have one place which would have all your stuff in. I'd like to have a whole room full of... Uh, what, what would I call it? I don't know. It would be the, the sort of the, like the Christmas room where you see things... And you buy things, and then you put them in this room. I mean, I've got stuff that goes back years. It's not even been opened. I haven't, I haven't opened it. I've got some, some Daleks in boxes, which are quite big. They're about two and a half, three foot tall. I've got ETs, Furbies. I've got loads of Furbies, because I bought a load of sort of collectible. I've got loads of um, um, uh, spe- special uh, sort of limited edition things. So does a collector become a hoarder? I think it's easy to become a hoarder. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. The, the only people who have problems with it are friends of mine. 
who say, you know, why have you bought that? And I go, if ever I go out, I mean, I, I don't think I've been out ever and not bought something. And so, and then, and then you start filling up the boot of the car. And then when you filled up the boot of the car, then you fill up other cupboards and stuff like that. It's very easy to do. I don't have any problem with it at all. As I say, the only people who have problems with it are other people going, oh, you need to have one of those Anne-Maurice clear-outs where she comes round and she goes, right, let's clear all... And you go, no, 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 no. Jimmy and I, my friend of mine, we used to go out um, all the time on a Sunday. We'd end up going to markets and to Southall and to Hounslow. We'd come back with bagfuls of rubbish. Bagfuls of rubbish, but nice rubbish. Nice rubbish. Now, you know, somebody said to me, why don't you get rid of all your DVDs? I said, are you mad? I've spent a fortune on them. Why would I want to get rid of them? It's a collection. It's a collection. Uh, I used to love blow football. Also liked electrical Meccano and space hoppers, Steve. Yes. When the skin looks like leather, it's time to stop wearing it, says H. <laughs> and then uh, Dolan in Sidcup says, I'm going to be straight into Marks and Spencers later. Unfortunately, they come in packets of two because this is eclairs. They did what you have to look in Patisserie Valerie's window if you're lucky enough to have one near you, because that was just you could just go just to sort of really cover your face in it. My nephew, also called uh, Max, uh, had a heart transplant. He's amazing. He went on to have twins, making him now a father of four beautiful children. They look such a, a lovely family, all blonde. And when they're out together, um, if only people knew he had a, a new heart. So clever, isn't it? So, so clever. Actually, I've told you before, I'd love to have, you know, had a, a big family years ago. And it would have been a big family. I'd have loved to have had about four or five children. Loved to. Although I saw a programme on telly last night about a family where I think both the boys had Tourette's. And they were swearing, but they didn't know where the swearing had come from. They certainly didn't swear at home. And they were using all sorts of uh, language. And it sort of starts with a tick. Like a tick, you know. And, uh, and then it goes into the into the swearing. And it, it, to us, it seemed quite funny, you know, little, little children using language. They don't even know what it means. And then they grow up, and the older one now, and he, he didn't look much older than 14, 15. Um, it, was, uh, it was a case he was giving talks to school children to explain what Tourette's is. And he did really well, really well. Nice family. And <laughs> uh, Mr. Jane Hove said, you have a leather peak cap to go with the leather pants. I'm not in the village people. George said it was Mr. Trebus. In Paddington, not Trevor. Listen, he's not with us anymore. He's not, you're not going to come back and complain about it at all. I heard a toddler drop the uh, the C word at the football the other day. I was a little shocked, says the producer. Really? You're still going to that football stuff, are you? They're not going to achieve anything. Just accept the fact. Oh, have you? Oh, all right. He supports Crystal Palace. CP, CP, CP. I don't know anything about it, so I'm not allowed to comment on it. Because unless I know what I'm talking about, I get into trouble. So if I talk anything about, you know, the do they have a nickname? And are they sort of... The Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles. Why? Why are they called the Eagles? You don't know. And you're a fan. What hope? They just decide they're going to be the Eagles. Because which is the one uh, Nottingham? Is that the Green and Forest? Nottingham Forest. No, I'm thinking of the one which Delia Smith's in charge of. Norwich. The Canaries, that's right. The Canaries. Do, do Arsenal have um, the Oh, that's right. The Gunners. Yeah. The Woolwich Arsenal. God, you live and learn, don't you? The stuff you're learning on this programme today, I tell you, we're more educational about leather trousers than anybody else. I've got a complete... I've got a, a rail in uh, in a spare room which is full of clothes from, from start to... I could, I've never worn any of them. I could literally get rid of the entire rail, but I don't like to, <laughs> because half of it's Dale's, which seems odd that I'm now looking after his clothes. But uh, so somewhere there'll be another load of them. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Morning, everybody. Nine minutes to five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC with you till seven. Uh, tomorrow morning, I'm here from four, but finish at six because uh, Nick Ferrari will be starting an hour earlier from six until ten. And LBC's got a long overnight programme, an election special with Jackie Smith and Ian Dale. In the, not in this studio, I hasten to add. They're never in every room. So they're, they're coming from Big Boy's studio downstairs, which is nice. Crystal Palace FC used to be the Glaziers after the Exhibition Centre, which was, for those of you who don't remember, it was, it was called the Crystal Palace. Uh, Malcolm Allison changed it to the Eagles, says Tony. And uh, somebody says, if the leather trousers still fit, you're in good shape. Sadly, mine, with a 32-inch waist, won't fit round my expanded belly. Says, well, I can't get past my knees. Seriously, that, that's when you know you've put it on. You think, but I used to be six pounds, three ounces. Where, where did it all go wrong? And the answer is, it, I don't know, different people, different things, isn't it? Uh, Jamie, thank you. Comedy moment earlier on in the day when he lost his radio single signal for a few minutes. And it came back with you saying even nine inches would frighten you. Yes, I couldn't. This was the, um, the tightrope. We don't do things like this. It's not BBC local radio. I keep telling people it really isn't. My sister says, uh, my sister here, Steve, found six abandoned kittens in a box dumped in a skip. The poor things are now being cared for by the RSPCA. It's shocking. Listen, people dump horses by the side of the road. There was one the other day. Did you see it? it was, the picture was in all the papers yesterday. Somebody, God knows who, threw acid in the face of a horse and left it to die by the side of the road. Luckily, it was found. And uh, they've used this pioneering new technique of fish skin over the top. I mean, why would anybody ever do that? Why would any, I mean, seriously, why would anybody ever do that? You can't believe it, can you? Uh, the scandal is on the front of all the, uh, the papers, the NHS cancer bungle, killing, they say, hundreds of women. Up to 270 women have died after this colossal NHS blunder. Saw almost half a million miss out on breast cancer screening. Um, which is, as I say, that's in all the papers today. They're also making a, a big deal about the uh, the Amazon driver who trousered a schnauzer. Uh, an Amazon driver making a delivery uh, nicked a miniature schnauzer. It's, uh, it's not very good, is it, really? It's, um, it's, it's inexcusable, says an Amazon. Um, yeah. And so it's, I mean, it's dreadful, really. This, this, I'll read you the story because we've got enough time for the news. So this is a, a dog lover. Richard uh, Gutfield, he realised that Wilma, 11 months old, was missing after the agency driver left dog food he'd ordered online. After five days frantically searching, Amazon agreed to check the GPS log of the van. It's believed it showed that before the next delivery, the driver had gone home and that Wilma was found there. Richard, who has a printing business, claimed Amazon took him seriously only after he and his sister emailed the founder, Jeff Bezos. The dad of one says, I just want people to know this can happen. Our homes are all expected, exposed to these drivers, and the vast majority are great, but low lives will take advantage. That is just absolutely the worst ever. But, uh, anyway, so they, they found Wilma, now reunited, and uh, he said it was great. The family wished to thank that dogslost.co.uk plus Murphy's Army, Mike Stark and all of the villagers who helped look for Wilma. An Amazon spokesman said, this is inexcusable. The individual is no longer delivering Amazon packages for the independent delivery service provider. But obviously not fired from Amazon. So obviously free and easy to do whatever it is he wants to do. Uh, Corrie's Tyrone is all alone now, split from Soap's Katie. Uh, he's joking of a midlife crisis. Midlife crisis. They've only just had a, a baby, I think, a short while ago. They all do it, don't they? They all do it. Dan Osborne, vile piece of work. And uh, Jacqueline Josser, she's eight months pregnant, he's already off with somebody else, uh, sort of draped all over it on a yacht, trying to pretend 
I mean, it seems a bit odd, doesn't it? Why would somebody be out there taking pictures on a yacht, middle of the ocean, somebody's taking pictures of them? He's not of any interest to anybody, is he? Has he done anything monumental? Nope, not really. Just been a nasty little piece of work. A little bit worrying. Uh, John says, if you're talking about the same bloke I'm thinking of, he's a French geezer who started that climbing up buildings with no safety equipment lunacy to try and conquer, conquest his childhood fear of heights. Seems a bit daft, really. What if he got halfway up the first one he attempted and decided it wasn't helping? Sledgehammers and cracking nuts spring to mind. I've just frightened the life out of me. I watched him climbing up the side of building with his bare fingers. No safety rope, no nothing. Not like climbing up a mountain where you're sort of hammering in something and then pulling yourself up the next bit. I mean, that just really fills me with horror. And he would do it in buildings. So people sitting in, they go, there's a man on the outside of the building. I mean, he would be so high up. There was a couple did it in Dubai. And they got to the top on this pinnacle of this thing and they took a selfie. Seriously, what happens if you then, all of a sudden, your nerve goes? Just like that. Just like that. And you're, and you're up there and you go, I can't get down. OK, well... Pick up your telephone and call somebody. I can't move. What would you do? What would you do? I, I mean, I, and then the, you feel the thing starting to bend a little. Oh, Godfathers. Dreadful, isn't it? Absolutely dreadful. Uh, Richard says the TARDIS is bigger inside than out. Sounds like your place. It is. It is time and relative dimension in space. That's what it is. It's amazing what you, what you, can, what you can keep, isn't it, now? It is absolutely amazing if you hoard things. Some people are minimalist. Some people are minimalist. I'm not minimalist. I don't think if you if you sort of, you know, you've been around children, you could ever be minimalist because they just want to get all their toys out. I remember when my godchildren were growing up, uh, there'd be toys all over the place with sort of the youngest one. And she wouldn't be satisfied just with one toy. She's got to go and bring the rest of it in. So you end up with sort of, you know, you, they, they really need a playroom, don't they? Uh, so here are the, uh, the people lined up, they think, who are going to be at, uh, at Harry's wedding. Uh, you've got the groom, Prince Harry. Uh, he'll be wearing a uniform. No idea why. George is going to be page boy. That'll be interesting. George, throw, throw, throw the flowers on the ground. No, individually. Individually. He's going to have a tantrum, you know, at some point during the daytime. Uh, father of the groom, Prince Charles. And then the ushers, they think, will be Tom Inskip, uh, Adam Bidwell, Thomas Van Straubensee, uh, Arthur Landon, Charlie Van Straubensee, uh, William Van Kutsum and Mark Dyer. The funny thing is, none of them look a bit like the same age as uh, Harry, but they're the people that he goes drinking with. They're, they're all more than a bit OK, yeah. I think the Staubensies, uh, Thomas and Charlie, are very, very well healed. And uh, I think uh, William Van Cutsum is also very well. They're all more than OK, yeah. I think they, they've been friends for it. They have to be very careful who they pick uh, as friends. I mean, you don't really want the Beckhams to. <laughs> they, they come with baggage. Uh, mainly his. They did a whole programme on Rebecca Luce the other night. Oh, I'd completely forgotten about Rebecca Luce. Not. And um, she was the one who claimed that she'd had this uh, this affair with sort of David and said she could prove it. And the Beckhams went into... and did overdrive. You know, we will sue, we will do that. Nothing ever happened. And the next thing is the Beckhams are doing this and that. It was almost like they were sort of trying to detract from it and they spent all their time doing it. Because it's it's very odd. Oh, lovely picture. Of the Oh, you'll love it. Michelle Keegan. Remember Michelle Keegan? Still not working. She's, uh, well, she's got a clothing line out, but I don't think she had anything to do with it. I think it's one of those. Would you like to put your name to it, dear? Give you 15000 a year or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, OK, I'll do that. And so she's over in Los Angeles at the moment. There's a picture of her and uh, Mark Wright. Uh, he's smiling all over his face, and she looks as miserable as sin. Seriously, every picture of her is like, oh, little Miss Drip, Drippy. Little Miss, oh, my goodness, I'm so bored. you think she'd be so excited. 
You know, you're supposed to be in showbiz, dear. Turn it on. Even if you're feeling... That's the whole idea about it. Even if you're feeling like a little bit... You can turn it on and give a little whistle. All that kind of stuff. You're supposed to cheer yourself up. Not that difficult, is it, really? Uh, Marilyn says, uh, when we have parcel deliveries in the hot weather, we always offer water. I don't really think you should do that, actually. I think that's encouraging them to come back to your place. Because the next thing is they go, can I use your toilet? And then after that, it's, uh, do you have any ice? And then you've got to start, you know, they want frothy coffee, they want a latte or a double decaf or, you know, don't, don't encourage them. No, 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 no. If you're going to give them water, give them a little bottle. Don't start going to the tap. You know, just make sure you open the door. Behind the door, you're holding the little bottle of water just in case anything goes wrong. You can crack them over the head with it. But it's so uh, you've got it there. And then just at the end, go, have a bottle of water because it's a hot day. Which is quite nice. Don't worry, they get it paid. The faster they get it delivered, you know, the more money they make. So that's good news, isn't it? Hope my stuff's going to arrive today. News at five coming up very shortly. Uh, so Cadbury's didn't actually give off the uh, the gold creme egg. Nobody managed to find it. The burglars, uh, sorry, the burglar who was trapped by locals inside a shed. Hilarious. Uh, the puppy crook fined £50,000. And Kanye, who's talking a load of old rap. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Heat wave, heat wave. We're having a heat wave. Tropical heat wave. The temperature's rising. It isn't surprising. We certainly can, can, can. And so this weekend, for your uh, bank holiday, we can go out there and we can put shorts on if you've got the right legs. Seriously, if you don't have the right legs. And you know, you look in the mirror, if they're little pale white sticks... A little bit, please don't go outside. OK, stay inside. It's so much easier. Don't put fake tan on. It looks like fake tan. You know, get yourself sprayed if, you know, if you must do something like that. But uh, if you're pale and insipid and there is a danger of you frightening dogs and things like that, please do not go outside. You know, stay in. Do not cut your jeans down, OK, because it looks silly. Uh, make sure they're the decent length so it doesn't offend anybody. If you're desperately unattractive and you know who you are, I don't need to point you out. You look in the mirror, you know if you're attractive or not attractive. Then, again, you have to limit where you go for the bank holiday weekend. But do do something. Do do so. You can come to Twickenham. We could enter, although it'll take you forever to get in because of the Army and Navy coming in and there's going to be about 80,000, I think. It's going to be very busy. We always like it, actually, because the restaurants get full up and that's good for business. And... Um, and the rest of it, you know, we just sort of people lurching down the street. We used to have them dressing up in fancy dress. They don't seem to do the fancy dress anymore, which is a, which is a great shame. Fiona says, do you think Meghan Markle will be wearing white? Yes, she is wearing white. I can confirm that she will be wearing white. And there's a reason why she's wearing white. I think so she stands out. But there's a reason she's wearing, she's definitely wearing white. They're not subscribing to this, she's been married before, so you can't wear white to signify purity. Because, let's face it, there's no chance. She's been round the block a few times. He's been round the block a few times. Years ago, it was, it was, it was different. It was a bit old-fashioned. And when you got married to someone, that's why you had the honeymoon. You could go away and have the hours your father. Nowadays, they've done it millions of times before they got to the honeymoon. They've sort of perfected the art, if there is an art. Marilyn says, 50 years ago, Steve, my husband, and his friend climbed to the top of Stonehenge. My husband got down OK, but his friend couldn't work out how to get down. Tourists were all taking photos, thinking it was a stunt. After an hour, he made it down safely. I've had dreams before where I've been stuck at the top of the Albert Hall, inside, in those high, high ledges, and, and I can't come down. And then somebody's saying, just just come down, just put your... No, 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 I can't move. You'll have to come and get me. It's only in a dream, of course. Uh, Nicholas says, any news on Dale? No. No, I'm not even totally convinced they've had the autopsy yet. It seems to have gone on for ages and ages. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of curious by the whole thing. I'm going to speak to my friend Jackie Gill later on, hopefully, 
and uh, see if she knows anything at all. It's just, uh, you know, as, as they've said here, uh, I mean, he died on April the 4th. The coroner says there must be further inquiries before the inquest can be opened. Um, um, it says here, so mystery continues to surround his death. Uh, that's more than a fortnight after he passed away. And so the coroner said he was awaiting the outcome of further inquiries. I don't know what the further inquiries are, but uh, but the original opinion was that the, his, uh, his death was not suspicious. Uh, so I don't know. Who's that? Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Oh, David Williams. Sorry, it went through so, so quickly. So at the moment, they're, they're waiting for further inquiries. But until that, they can't have the, uh, the funeral or anything else at all. So it's, uh, coroners are called in to investigate when a death appears to be violent or unnatural, when the cause of death is unknown or when the person died in prison, police custody or another state detention. So the coroner here, so the cause of death would be unknown and uh, they're going to have the post-mortem uh, to determine the cause of death. It just doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. The whole thing is very, very bizarre. Very bizarre. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. I'm hoping it's not, you know, what we don't want it to be. I'm hoping it's going to be uh, OK. But, but as I say, it's, it just seems to, um, seem to run and run, this one, doesn't it? As, uh, as, uh, as in life, as in death. He would, he would love this kind of thing, you know, the, the, the intrigue, the mystery the kind of thing that gets people talking. So that's why I'm hoping it's it's going to be OK. I wouldn't like to think at the end that he suffered in any way, shape or form. And that uh, it was... Na- I mean, I'm secretly hoping, secretly hoping, whether it goes that way, I don't know, that it'll just be either a stroke or a massive heart attack or something like that. Because, I mean, I know that he wasn't very well. I know that he uh, he didn't like... He didn't do illness or anything like that. He'd just be annoyed at the moment. He's been two weeks waiting for this and he hasn't had a cigarette. He'd be complaining bitterly about that in real life. Steve, I wanted to smoke and they wouldn't let me smoke. I go, well, it's a mortuary, Dale. You just can't do things like that. You have to tell him. Uh, so we'll, as soon as we hear anything, we'll, we'll let you know about it. But at the moment, it's all up in the air. So now the coroner's got involved. There's got to be something else to it. But uh, I think all his friends are hoping exactly the same, that it's, uh, it, just, it just happened. OK. Uh, John Warrington wrote to me the other day. He's um, he he popped down to Spain for for three days to get some sun, apparently. Uh, because no point waiting about here, is there? Could have just hung around. He says we left Alicante on time at ten fifty five. I was in business class, of course. He said we we're in the air and they just served the the champagne. Lunch was in the oven. We were enjoying the starters. The captain then made one of those announcements. He said that if you're a seasoned traveller, you slightly dread. Will the senior cabin steward please come to the cockpit now? Always a slight worry, isn't there? The lovely Brendan Keegan left his trolley, second trip as cabin manager, and uh, we knew something wasn't right. After a few minutes, he returned, stopped all meal service, the trays were removed, drinks disappeared, and the crew got busy. They were diverting to Madrid. John says, I think Dale had something to do with this. And so we jettisoned fuel, seatbelts on, people looking very concerned. And uh, that crew on BA1431 were Lumin' marvellous. He said they smiled all their way through, pretty hairy landing with one engine. The captain was superb, kind, familiar, even looked after the infants. We were on the ground for many hours. The crew never even stopped. Captain gave ten-minute updates. They fixed the problem. Some passengers, not many, decided to get off, which was all handled very well. We eventually left at 5.30. Remember, you'd started at 11 in the morning. 5.30. The crew was still smiling. The applause they got when we landed was wonderful. All a bit scary, but thank you to the wonderful captain... 
and the first officer who took charge of the situation, the amazing team in the cabin. They may be trolley dollies, he said, but trust me, they uh, they show what they're trained for in these instances and just serve chicken or beef in between these rare occurrences. He says, do give them a little mention for me. So the crew of BA1431, Brendan Keegan and the captain and everybody else, well done. Congratulations. That's what you're trained for, and that's what uh, that's what you did. And well done to you. I'm glad you got a round of applause. I like it when people do that. There's something something very appealing about rounds of rounds of applause, isn't there? Really. And uh, Rob says, "Are you going to see Donald Trump on his one day visit?" Um, probably not. Probably not. When when you say going to see him, do you mean? Going to stand and with a load of other people watching him or booing or cheering or something? No, not really. No. I shall watch it on the television, as indeed I shall watch Harry's wedding on the television. Of course, I'll have to, because that's what you do. I watched a very interesting program on Putin last night, which was proving just how powerful he is. You know, literally, they had all the uprising in Georgia and stuff like that. And uh, Putin was saying, yeah, we need to be friends and all the rest of it. (laughs) Not a cat in hell's chance. Because the moment a rival uh, candidate came on the scene, which was Garry Kasparov, the chess player. Two days running, we talked about chess on the programme, because for Nick yesterday. And uh, and then all of a sudden, the power of Putin spread far and wide. When Garry Kasparov was doing his, um, his electioneering, first of all, the riot police came out and stopped them electioneering. They couldn't book into a hotel. They went to a restaurant to go and get something to eat and they were barred from the restaurant. There was only one person working in there and she hadn't got her phone with her. It was all sorts of excuses just to prove that whatever Putin wanted to do, he could do. So uh, make no mistake, they do wield the axe over there. Uh, the whirlwind romances. Can whirlwind romances ever last? And uh, according to the papers, no. Uh, this is after Sheridan Smith, three months and she's engaged. And they've said, basically, it's not going to last. It just doesn't. So they've listed all these other people who have had uh, short-term relationships, uh, relationships which uh, work for a little while, but then they don't work fully. So you've got Britney Spears and Kevin Federline, uh, dated three months, married two years. Katie Price and Kieran Haler, dated three months, married five years. Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, dated seven weeks, married five years. Um, and there's a whole load of other ones, including Kerry Katona and Mark Croft, dated six weeks, married four years. It's that four-year itch, isn't it? It used to be the seven-year itch. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the spark goes out of a relationship. It, they just don't last. You know, yeah, I've got friends of mine who've been married for God knows how long, donkey's years. I don't know what the secret is. What is the secret to a good relationship? Is it sex? I'm... I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not. <laughs> don't like to think about it, do you, really? And you're sort of thinking, I don't know, what, don't know what the secret is of a good relationship. Is it sort of not going to bed on an argument? Is it, um, is it sort of, you know, just being comfortable with each other? I, don't, I really don't know what the answer is, because I've never done it, and it's never bothered me in the slightest. I couldn't care less. I've had loads of relationships in the past, believe you me. I was no, I was no snowflake. But I just, it just doesn't interest me now. I'd rather sort of sit down and watch television. But I suppose you can do that with somebody, but then why would you want to? So I, I do get people writing to me saying, where do you meet people? You know, how do you do things? And the answer is, they'll meet you. Don't worry. You know, you, you might want to join a dating agency or you might want to try this Tinder. Tinder's very popular. Um, and Facebook are doing a dating app, aren't they, as well? So you, you can always meet people. But uh, I always think to myself, 
you know, it's, it's, some people are good at relationships. Some people aren't good at relationships. Some people, you know, I mean, the very idea that poor Lewis Hamilton's got to go to the dating site and he's that famous and that rich and he needs a dating site to find somebody because he can't find somebody within his circle of friends. And I always said that's, you know, because they're, they're the people that know you the best. But they're probably the ones who'd never tell you the reason you're not getting, a, you know, somebody to go out with is because, you know, you're not nice or whatever. It could be all sorts of things. You know, you don't have the gift of conversation. You don't have, I know, lots of things. It could be it could be a multitude, hundreds of things that sort of make for that that relationship. And yet my mother, I don't think it had hardly any before she met my dad. In those days, it was different. You know, then, you know, somebody came around and walked you out. You'll all remember that one. And uh, then after that, you... Um, you sort of you hope that it sort of leads to something else. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday. You're probably getting very excited about the uh, the bank holiday weekend, or sort of semi excited. And don't forget to go out and vote. Uh, so, a friend of mine writes to me. Says, talking of rounds of applause, went to church for the first time in a while on Sunday. The choir gave a marvelous performance of something that obviously been rehearsing for ages. And then when they finished, deathly silence, and on with the service. I know that's how it's always been, but it just seemed like a missed opportunity for a bit of joy. You do get that. You do get that occasion. I mean, it's like at, at, at funeral services, you're not supposed to applaud. But they applauded um, uh, Ken Dodd when his, uh, his coffin was taken out of church. And I'm, no doubt they will applaud Dale Winton's coffin in exactly the same way. And, uh, and you get that Cilla Black as well. You've got, you know, Paul O'Grady doing a marvellous eulogy. You know, full of laughter and sad bits and everything else. But, you know, from the heart, from the heart, you know, he said, you know, first of all, he said, I never thought I'd be standing here, you know, with Scylla and, you know, like this. And you, you can understand it, can't you? You can understand why, why somebody would say that. And so I think there are certain... But you're right, actually, whenever you do a church service, if it's, if it's something sung by the, by the choir and it's part of the actual service, nobody, nobody claps. It's like some people forget. They go to the, uh, uh, the last night at the proms. And there'll be a bit of music where it goes very quiet. And then some people think they're supposed to clap. But, of course, the general promenaders know that you don't clap on certain bits. And you wait till the very end. And then you'll know when it is. And, and then gradually it sort of builds and builds and builds. And so that's what I quite like. But I think you should also applaud that. I think you should applaud people in church services who do nice things. I used to love it, actually. Uh, I think it's being friends. You have to like each other. Being happily married... Says uh, Rookman, for 35 years, my secret has been appreciating and understanding each other. It's that's, I know, it's not complicated, is it? It's not complicated. There is, you know, it's, it's give and take. It's give and take. But I'm, I read more and more in the papers, another Z-less celebrity has split up, like, like we care. You know, some of them have been together weeks. Literally, you know, why should I care about, you know, Caroline Flack and her dreary little desperately seeking fame something... Boyfriend. They've known each other for, you know, nothing. No period of time at all. They don't know anything about each other. Then they suddenly realise after a few bevies they don't really like each other. Then they sober up, then they get back together again, then they split. It's, you know, it's doomed from the start. As in Sheridan Smith, you know, she's not of the right temperament to have a, you know, you can't get engaged to somebody after three months. That's ridiculous. You don't know anybody at all. It takes you a lifetime to know somebody. A lifetime. You probably know more about me than people who've been out with me. So let's all go out together, shall we? We'll just sort of go out, you know, we can all hold hands. We can be like a daisy chain, which would be good. Maybe Lewis Hamilton, Steve, has to go on a dating website because Formula One have now done away with the grid girls. <laughs> have they actually gone now, the grid girls? Oh, no, it's finished. 
Yeah, I don't think so. Steve, if a toxicology report is sought as part of a post-mortem, it could take up to two to three months with the results, as it did with uh, George Michael's passing. Yeah, we're not sure. Well, they haven't asked for a toxicology. The, the coroner is, is examining uh, the evidence that they've got so far to determine what they, what they need to do next. And it's the next bit that they haven't uh, decided on. Will it be an autopsy? So they're sort of they're going on, you know, what they've been told and what they can see. Just by looking at somebody, you can see what it might have been. And then if they decide to go for the autopsy, then they'll they'll have to, to go through with that. And then hopefully they'll find out a little bit more. But it could be anything. The coroner intervenes when they're not 100 percent happy. That doesn't mean it's suspicious just means that they're not quite happy. They want to know exactly, because, you know, for the issue of certificate, they want to know what it is that somebody's died of. I mean, I've had all sorts of horrendous thoughts running through my head, as you can well imagine. You just sort of, you know, knowing what, what he was like for, for trying different things. He's always been like that, though. Always been like that. You know, since, since an early age, he battled with his weight, so he used to take slimming tablets, his tenuate dospan and, and stuff like that, and he would call them his fat busters. Even up until recently, he was taking fat busters. So he thought that whatever he ate would be dissolved, you know, and people will sort of say, well, you need to try this drug, or you need to try that drug. And people will, will try it. You can get, I mean, in America, of course, he could get loads of stuff that he couldn't get here. Loads of stuff. You can go to their, their pharmacies and get stuff over the counter that here you need on, on prescription. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, it doesn't sound, uh, doesn't sound brilliant at the moment, but I'm hoping it will actually turn out to be an awful lot better. But uh, I think it just needs to find a little bit of <coughs> peace. Excuse me. <coughs> the, uh, the Daily Express today uh, condemned to die by computer glitch. This is the 270 women who've lost uh, lives in a colossal NHS failure. Uh, also, Harry sorts out the transport for the big day. This is, I mean, as if. that They have departments who do that. I mean, this is the royal family. They don't need to do anything. They don't need to lift a finger. If they run out of milk, you don't think that Harry rushes down the road to World of Foods or Whole Foods or something like that. No, they just they just pick up a telephone and milk is delivered. It's a huge place, Kensington Palace. Unfortunately, they've now suffered with Eugenie moving in there and her dreary boyfriend stroke husband. Uh, Sheridan Smith, the shock engagement to her toy boy lover. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's what she wants to do. That's what she wants to do. But let's not make out that it's... Uh, that it's something, anything too surprising. People in, in show business are a little bit fickle with their relationships, and that's the, that's the thing that they do. Uh, also, the bank holiday belter is on the way, the belter that makes you swelter, which is nice. That'll be the air conditioning on in the car. Mind you, I have the air conditioning on in the car now. And for those people who are going to be stranded as the... Uh, hello! <laughs> it's like a coach party passing through, isn't it, really? It's quite sweet, really. And you're playing Brendan. Have you ever seen Coach Trip? He's, uh, they were lining him up, they thought, for Strictly Come Dancing. I don't, think, I don't think he's well-known enough for Strictly Come Dancing. But there again, some of the other old baggages on there aren't well-known enough either, are they? We had Ollie in earlier. It's so exciting now you're in. Did you come in together? Oh, right. Oh, okay. No, I'm not, you know, I'm just sort of saying, you know. It would make it easier, wouldn't it, really? You could share, share the bicycle or something. See you later. <laughs> I love it when people drop in. It's, it's quite cute, actually. Very social, this place, in the morning. Very, it's like you popping in, you know, you wake up in the morning, you turn on the radio and you go, oh, he's still there. He's still there. So there's all these people, elderly. Can't just be elderly, can it? Uh, because they're going to be stranded as the high street banks are axed. Uh, but not really. They must have friends and family. You, you sort of give somebody your card. Um, they've got here... Uh, this is a place in County Durham. Population is 5,000. No banks. No banks at all. 
Porth in the Ronda Valley, 6,000 in the population, no banks. And they've got various other places uh, here. This is, uh, where's this one here? Cheshire, Neston, 15,000 people, no banks. Uh, In Birchington in Kent, population 10,000, no banks. Because people, I mean, I don't think I've been in a bank for ages. If I need to go in to an RBS, then I'll I'll go to Richmond. I've been to Kingston, but they're not they're not as friendly as uh, as as Richmond. I don't know why. Yet one of the girls who worked in uh, who worked in the Richmond branch, she said she was transferring to Kingston, so I might do a, a trip down there. Because if I need to take more out, as I said the other day, then I can get on the diddly dip machine. I go inside the bank, and they're always very friendly. Always very friendly. But if you don't have that, because most of my banking is internet banking and uh, so I, I don't need to necessarily go into a branch but uh, when I do go in there I'm always, I'm always quite happy with the service I've seen other people not having happy times in banks that's mainly because they've gone in there to try and sort out a loan or an overdraft facility or explain why they've gone overdrawn which a lot of people do I've had it in the past so it's nothing new for me I've been there and bought the t-shirt uh, Steve uh, we have a very successful marriage give and take is a must I give, she takes. Thank you, Steve. Yes, it's the, the old one is the best. It's like, what does somebody say? Oh, it's the, um, oh, I can't remember, it was something about I don't like to interrupt her. The wife goes on about things. So I met my girl on uh, Plenty of Fish three years ago, and we get married on Friday the 4th of May. We both had marriages before, so have learnt the lessons in relationships. We've never argued. Some small disagreements, but, uh, you know, love her to the moon and back. Bring on Friday, says Martin in Luton. Wow. It's good, isn't it? Getting married on the Friday. Bank holiday Friday. They call it bank holiday. Well, I call it bank holiday Friday. I don't think anybody else does. Just kind of a Steve Allen sort of quirkism, as they say. Uh, So all these people, what are they going to do? Well, the answer is you get a computer and you do your banking. And then you have to go to the next town or wherever to get money out of the the cash point machine. It's a bit of an inconvenience, I know, but that's the way that, you know, very soon your high streets are going to be decimated. Just going to be coffee shops, gift shops and... um, Probably um, food, you know, as in kebabs, pizzas and pound shops and things like that. Cheapo, cheapo places. That's what it's going to be. The high street is, is gone. People do shopping online. You know, you can, I was thinking the other day, you can get all of your food shopping on Amazon. On Amazon. You don't need to do anything else at all. I'd like to try it and see how it works. A friend of mine swears by it, thinks it's brilliant. Does Rosie do it? Does she do her shopping on that? Does she really? Oh, well, there you go. Oh, she must be right. But uh, everybody used to do it. I don't think Dale did it. I was trying to work out how he did it. I think he just went, he just bought. He just never cared about it. I think he just bought it, whatever it was. Uh, Life as the Nazi bombs fell. This is how Londoners coped in the face of adversity. And it's interesting when you see the, when you see the city and when you see how people lived. Under the table was a very popular place to go to sleep. Uh, The McCanns, as they mark 11 years without Madeline. And uh, it's going to be a heartbreaking 11th anniversary. I should imagine it's been a heartbreaking first, second, third, all the way up to the uh, 11th. Kate and Jerry McCann will pray for the safe return of Madeline. I don't, I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but I just uh, everybody you speak to about it, it's amazing. And you think the same. You, you seem to think the same. You know, when they say they're, they're, they're waiting for the return of her, they don't, most of you don't think there is going to be a return of Madeline McCann. Yet we've just put another £150,000 into the, uh, the prize fund. But uh, they say family, friends, neighbours and well-wishers will gather by the war memorial 
in the couple's home village of Rothley in Leicestershire for a service at the spot where a lantern, a beacon of hope, shines brightly around the clock for Madeline. I just don't think they're going to find him. It's 11 years. Has anybody ever turned up after 11 years? I don't know. I mean, I just wonder whether or not what, what the likelihood is, seeing as they didn't have any clues in the first place. Not very good. Paul in Guildford says, uh, I really want to hire a tandem bike with you and cycle down the Thames as the wind blows through our hair. What's your thoughts? The thoughts are I'm calling the police. <laughs> Sit on that one. Cycling down the Thames. You mean actually on the Thames or on the towpath? Marginally more interesting. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, there's a cab driver called Stevie listening to this programme at the moment. We go back many, many years. I like going back many years because I think it's quite good, actually. I think it's great that, you've, you know, if you've had so many different variations of jobs and you've bumped into loads of people, that still, after, you know, 30, 40 years, people still contact you. I like that idea. Do you remember that story I told you the other day of the, of the father who lost his daughter? That's Joe Ball and his little princess, Kira, who died in a car crash. And her... Parts of her body, four four different items, I think liver, pancreas and heart and something else, have gone to other people. And uh, one of them is uh, a little boy called Max, and he's got the heart. And they've got a lovely picture, be- better pictures than there were yesterday in the paper. Still still really wonderful of Max with his, with his heart going, yeah, you know, to get heart transplant is, is quite something. He's only little, he's only about seven or eight, I think, or ten. And, uh, and they've got a picture of Mr Ball... That's Joe Ball listening to his daughter's heart beating inside a little boy's body. He must be quite used to people going up to him and going, can I listen to that heart? And that's her heart. It's not, you know, made up bit. That is her heart taken from her and beating again in his body. I think that's amazing. And to see her siblings, she's got two other sisters and a brother and, uh, and Max with this, uh, he's got the stethoscope on his heart. I mean, that is. Just, I thought it was yesterday brilliant. And I did say yesterday, I think people should register to make sure that you can transplant so that somebody can live after you've passed on. You don't need your body. You su- I know some people are a bit funny about it, but I promise you, you really don't need it. I don't need mine. I'm giving it away. Um, Steve, um, it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, marriage is a relationship where one person is always right and the other's the husband. Thank you. We've heard all the, all, the, all the jokes about husbands and wife. When God made man, she was only joking. Uh, Vanessa says, in America, a woman who went missing when she was 11 was found 18 years later. Her name is uh, J.C. Dugard. And uh, she was kidnapped, I think, from um, a place called Mayers in California. And um, it, it's really... I remember seeing this on the television, actually. It's the only one I can always remember uh, of it. You can find her on the, uh, on the internet, but she came back. She came back again. They managed to find her. She was seen by somebody. And the, the person who kidnapped her uh, was sentenced to 431 years to life imprisonment. 431 years. His wife, uh, Nancy, received 36 years to life. 431 years. Interesting, isn't it? But, you know, over there, over here we go, um, three years, oh, that'd be all right. That'd be OK for you. Oh, fine. If ever they find Madeleine McCann, the miracle of all miracles, you know, we're going to be sort of asking big questions like, where you been? Where have you been? Goodness sake. Uh, Brickhouse, population 10,000. Seven banks, seven charity shops. Halifax, population 20,000. Four banks. Doesn't mean anything, does it now? And Jim says, cash machines are found everywhere, especially local corner shops. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. I want a red head, that's all. I wonder if there's a, a dating site for gingers. I've never dated online, actually. I don't think I'll bother. I'm scared now. Maybe... 
Maybe just a cup of tea instead. Better live. I think I'm one of those few left who doesn't date online, says uh, Paulio. Yes, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I, I never quite understood it because people could put up any old picture, can't they? You wouldn't have the faintest idea who you were, who you were actually dating. And you don't want to get uh, caught out as... Um, oh, very interesting story in the papers. Moving on. Uh, there's one here, which is um, uh, The Secret Tryst with a Spice Girl by Justin Timberlake. You know what the papers have done? They're very naughty. They've said, anything to say, Emma? Because apparently it came up in a conversation she'd had with somebody else a while ago. And then when she had one with, uh, with Jonathan Ross, uh, he said... You had a one-nighter with him, is that right? She admitted they'd hung out and partied a bit, but refused to give further details. A year earlier, asked on This Morning whether she was secretly dating Timberlake, she giggled and replied, I can't say. They're going to ask you again this morning. I bet you anything, because it's in the papers. They're going to go by. Uh, Also, um, this is um, Burko on the brink, after these allegations came out. I mean, I don't know. You get people who make allegations up and then you get people who sort of harbour a grudge. I don't know. I've really got no idea, but we'll have to watch and wait and see what happens. Javid shames Corbyn over racist abuse from Labour. Um, and, 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 and... This is the, um, the homeless who've set up a camp in a park. Uh, eight shelters and tents have appeared on land in Cardiff close to buildings that include the city's university and the National Museum. And um, a Cardiff Council spokesman said they had worked every day to provide support and assistance to the street homeless. But uh, here they are. So they managed to get... They now go in and buy tents. Where do they get the money from? All of a sudden, people are buying tents left, right and centre, and then they sort of live in them. We had, we had a couple living on a roundabout in... Uh, in Twi- uh, not in Twickenham, in Richmond, down the road. We've had people in doorways. They, they seem to have disappeared on. I think after a while they realise that there's, uh, there's no end in sight. Uh, marriage is like a pack of cards. Starts with hearts, ends with spades, says David in Oxfordshire, listening with the four dogs. Wow. Uh, I can't forget the first time I saw my husband, Steve, but I'll just keep trying. Thank you. <laughs> Steve, yes, evening, had a very unfortunate experience. I saw Georgie Toffee on the TV for about 10 seconds. You are, as always, absolutely correct about her and her ilk. I dare not say what I think in case I get sued. I couldn't get to the remote quick enough to change channels, says Steve, the tanker driver. It's like, don't you think that she's got an old face? She looks old. She doesn't have a young face. She looks old. Old, old, old. But, of course, you know, they're going, oh, is she going out with Stanley and this kind of thing? Or is it George, George, George... Oh, I forgot his name. Lineker. And the answer is, no, she's not going out with George Lineker, but he's desperate... In fact, we don't think she's going out with Stanley either. They sort of just have, but she's got an old face. She just looks as though she's, you know what, what she's going to age like. Whereas if you'd seen me as a child, you'd never have had the faintest idea that I'd have deteriorated this much. I'd have, I should have gone much, much better. Uh, 20 to 6. And uh, Steve, why must the NHS be responsible for reminding us to attend breast screening appointments or any medical appointments for that matter when we should be our own responsibility? We blame the NHS for so much when it should be our responsibility, says uh, Sally in Tunbridge Wells. Well, actually, I have a system with my doctor that I have the appointments booked in and they send me a text message to say on this particular day and time you have an appointment with, then it names the doctor and I get that all the time. And I get them from the... Do I get them from the hospital? Yeah, I probably get them from the hospital as well, I think. But I also get the hard copy from the hospital. Don't forget, you've got this appointment coming. I've got appointments coming up. So see, I just have to take them day by day. It's the only way I can, uh, anyway, I can manage it. I've just fi- uh, only found out that uh, I'm off to Waitrose in Gloucester Road this morning, said Ian. 
It's, uh, is it nice down there? Do you want me to bring you some fried bread? What, from Waitrose? I don't even think Waitrose do fried bread. I like a ham and cheese toasty. I'm not sure if it's any good for you, but uh, ham and cheese toasty is almost my favourite thing to have in the morning. But I never have it. I never have it. Uh, here we go. Megan's wedding carriage. It's a Landau. Uh, they do them. And uh, Charles has finally met little Louis. His sister Charlotte was celebrating her third birthday. Charles flew from Scotland to see Louis. And it gave the prince, who's been staying at Burke Hall, his Highland retreat. Didn't even know he had a Highland retreat called Burke. What does that look like? Show me a picture of Burke Hall. B-I-R-K-H-A-L-L, his Highland retreat. His wife Camilla had visited Louis on her own on Tuesday. When the baby was born, Charles and Camilla were spending time at Burke Hall following a busy schedule. That's just a little Scottish place, is it? Good Lord above. That's a bit big, isn't it, for two old-age pensioners to rattle around in? Looks lovely. Built in 1715, acquired from the Gordon family. Give it to us. Give it to us. But uh, we, we, we had the Gordon family. Give us the house. <laughs> Looks lovely, doesn't it, really? And uh, King George V lent Burke Hall to the Duke and Duchess of York, later King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, who holidayed there with their children. Nothing round there. It's not like you can go and find some friends to play with. Your only friends are going to be cows and sheep, aren't they? But there's a, a suspension bridge crossing the uh, the River Mook. Mook, just there. In, erected in 18... I love that word, bridge. Uh, in 1818. Oh, I'll on that one. Uh, Ian... Oh, so we know about that one, don't we? So it's lovely. He's also got Highgrove House, Clarence House. How many houses do they need? Has he got any more? So he also just scroll, scroll down. Oh, yeah, he's also got this... Um, uh, I think it's called Linnyware Mud House in Carmarthenshire, owned by the Duchy of Cornwall. How many houses do you need? And he's got a, he, he's got rooms at Buckingham Palace. Rooms, rooms at Buckingham Palace. He's got loads of places, but he but he but he lives at Highgrove in Gloucestershire, and he's got the Queen Mother's place, Clarence House, which is just down the road. I pass it every day. I've been there. I've been there. I've done that. Highgrove is the family residence, and um, it's uh, it's just southwest of Tetbury. In Gloucestershire, built in the late 18th century. It's lovely, isn't it, really? They have 30... You can go there. You can go and have a look at his, his gardens. 30,000 visitors a year. That's lovely, isn't it? I've never been invited, but I'm sure I will be. It's just, just an oversight. It's like the wedding. It's an oversight. They probably thought about, should we invite Steve Allen? You know, has he got enough clothes to wear? You know, will he, will he be driving his own car or do we have to send a vehicle? For, oh, it's going to be such a complicated thing to do. Well, as if you're driving, I wonder where they're going to make you park. There's not that much, you know, if there's sort of two... You park in Slough. Just, there's a multi-storey, then you get a, a mini-cab back from there. Oh, what have our fans been advised to do playing football? Take the coaches. Don't don't uh, walk. I don't know if this is Russia or somewhere else. This was the Liverpool game in Rome last night. Don't don't walk. There's trouble out there. So take take the official transport. Why? It went off OK, did it? Oh, thank goodness for that. Why is it people fight at football? I mean, is there some logical reason why I'm supposed to sort of worry? Rome have a problem, do they? Oh, right, with, with thugs. <gasps> a bit, bit like um, bit like the Russians then, isn't it? The Russian football fans, thugs, Neanderthals. Have you seen them? Big, hulking things like that. Who talk like this, comrade. And, and you think to yourself, oh, dear, it's all a little bit worrying. So she's dazzling, she's talented, but in love, she's a disaster. Sheridan, has she finally found her Mr. Right? Okay, shall I tell you now? No, she hasn't. Okay, there'll be another one, and another one, and another one. Uh, Taking a regular sauna can slash the risk of a stroke. Where do you find one of those on the local high street? You don't find them, do you? You find nail bars, coffee shops, estate agent. No saunas. 
No, so perhaps somebody should just open up a sauna. We have a little swimming pool in Twickenham uh, for children, little little toddlers. They go in there. Mummies can go in the pool as well at the same time. And, um, and it introduces babies to water. Because actually, surprisingly, babies can sink and then come up again. I don't know why. Perhaps they, perhaps they don't think about the things that we do. And um, uh, Frank Sofa says, Steve, why do married men die before their wives? Because they want to. <laughs> Everybody married going, you're so right there. You're so right. <laughs> I think Prince Harry should have Princess Charlotte as bridesmaid. She's much better behaved than George, says Mo. Well, George does have a history of tantrums. I mean, you might find she's flower girl. She could be flower girl. She might be there sort of chucking. Whereas George will be throwing it at people as he's walking down. I don't want to do it. George, pull yourself together. I don't want to do it. I've told you. Leave me alone. I'm Prince George. All right. Get it right, mother. Get it right. I'm royal. You're just mother. Okay. Parents have got a business that deals in party stuff. Uh, Steve, uh, Kerry Cotona hasn't been invited. to. Oh, no, I think you're fine. We've already done that. I haven't done it on this programme, but it's already been done for the uh, the podcast. This is... I'll tell you basically the story very quickly. Uh, no, I won't. I'm going to make you get, get the podcast. You'll have to... You have to it's, it's a good story. As usual, Kerry Cotona getting the wrong end of the stick and not understanding that nobody's interested in her. Must be a sad reflection on how talented she is. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to six is the time Thursday morning. Uh, Mike says I drove the wife up to town for a show last uh, last night. Uh, I would have taken her in, but I lost the key to the boot. These dreadful. These are originating, ladies and gentlemen, because they're talking about uh, people's marriages and things like that, and people being single and stuff like that. Uh, Benny says tribal mentality plus alcohol plus low IQ equals football violence. Well, it does seem that we get a lot of it, don't we, in this uh, in this country. Uh, Howard says, do you still have your collection of leather whips? No. I had a crop once, but that was only when I was riding. Because you have to have a crop. I don't know what you have to, but you have to. And um, somebody says here, Gary the trucker, he says, as always, love the show. If you love a ham and cheese toasty, check out my daughter's website, The Melted Cheese Hut. Check out the menu for the mint infusion. Oh, my God, so Moorish. Do you know, OMG features on more people's text messages now than I've ever seen before. Uh, talking of that, let's have a quick look, actually. So we've got one here. Grilled chorizo with cheddar cheese and a hint of fresh mint. £5.50. That's £5.50. And what do you think we earn? Goodness sake, honestly, I can't be doing this. The melted cheese hut. I'm better with shredded ham and cheddar cheese served with fresh, crispy leeks. All right, £5.50. The fun guy at £5 is garlic, mushrooms with cheddar cheese and crispy onions. Oh, that sounds quite nice. I'm not sure I could cope with, with £5. And um, so I've got... Oh, right. Oh, is that what, oh, right. They look quite nice, don't they? They look quite nice. I'm going for this one. So we're having a quick check. Oh, that looks nice. Is that cooked on a griddle? Go, 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 go down again. Oh, that looks nice. Oh, that looks very nice, doesn't it? Oh, and that one looks very nice too. This looks like this, this American programme where they go around eating through America and you always think to yourself, this bloke should be as big as a whale, but he's not. They look really nice, doesn't it? Where is this place? Oh, you can do it. Oh, they do it at festivals. And stuff like Oh, right, you actually book them to come to your event. That's quite a clever idea. We went, I went to a party once at my friend Pete's place and he had a hog roast. Have you ever been to a hog roast? They start cooking it in the morning and then they go away. Then they come back again because otherwise you'd be sitting there watching it forever because it takes for ages and ages. And it was a hog roast. I forget how much it cost. It must have been a fortune. But it was really lovely, actually. Very nice. Uh, Steve, you can access an expensive, slow-moving sauna in London by bordering a tube train in summer. 
<laughs> You're so right. I don't. I don't do claustrophobia. I'm not very good. I do. I do get the tube trains for free, but I, d- I know I like to point that out to people just to make people feel particularly jealous. But I'm not very good on tube trains. I do get a little bit claustrophobic. I don't like people pushing into you and things like Lee. Go away. This is my space. You're invading my space. So uh, the, the reason we mention that is because of saunas can slash the risk of a stroke. And if you're having a stressful day, what do you do? Colouring book. Don't you co- How many times have you ever sat on the train thinking you're having a really stressful day? Colouring? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, the vet's warning over the health of French bulldogs adored by the stars. They do look lovely. Uh, my friend Andy has got a framing shop in Twickenham. He has two, two French bulldogs. They cost a fortune. Cost a fortune, but they are rapidly turning into the most popular in Britain this year. The flat-faced breed suffers from a string of health problems. Owners are likely to be landed with large vet bills. Get pet insurance. I only remind you of that because that's what you're supposed to do. And uh, they're called Frenchies. They're beset with breathing problems. I don't know where they came from, actually, but they, they do look absolutely lovely. They do look lovely. But beware people bringing them in from other countries and they're not registered. Or anything. In fact, there's somebody who's just been fined uh, in the pa- which paper was it in actually? It was somebody who's literally just been fined fifty thousand pounds because she's one of these vile people who uh, who brings in pets and they bring them in from just about anywhere. They have problems, and uh, a lot of them don't don't make it. This is a puppy crook. Uh, like numerous animal lovers nationwide, uh, Penman investigates in the mirror is fighting for Lucy's Law, which is calling for these sales to be banned because they enrich cruel puppy farmers and crooks like. Lisa Canning. Lisa Canning's a crook. Her prosecution last week was a timely reminder why this trade must be stopped. Cardiff Crown Court heard how she was a front for puppy farms and a conduit through which these maligned businesses operate. She made around 50 grand by lying about the ages and medical records. She's a piece of pond life, as you can well imagine. And um, so uh, one example was a cockapoo. I know, they're given these strange names, cockapoo. Uh, sold for 650 quid that should have been a cross between a cocker spaniel and a miniature poodle. But DNA tests later showed it was a mix of miniature poodle, toy poodle and bichon frise. Or frise. Uh, she claimed the dogs came from family homes. She was a lying old bag. She lied through her teeth. It's a disgusting piece of work. And uh, many sourced from puppy farms in West Wales. So uh, not a nice person at all. So anyway... She's uh, she's been she admitted four fraud charges, one of engaging in unfair commercial practices and was given 30 weeks jail suspended. Always a shame. Plus 200 hours of unpaid work. She's got to pay 50,000 pounds in costs and compensation. Cost was brought uh, the prosecution brought by the Vale of Glamorgan Council. The business was operating fraudulently. You old bag, Lisa. Lisa Canning. Up in Welsh Wales, so uh, one of these people. Nothing. To, they, they, they couldn't care less whether these dogs live or die. They're interested in the money. What sort of people would be like that who don't care about animals? I find that very, very worrying and disturbing. Uh, Steve, you can find saunas all over London, says Richard. Better still, they come with a massage. No, thank you. No, it's very sweet of you to offer, but uh, I don't, uh, I don't do mass. If you're going to have a sauna, you're going to have a sauna. But uh, you don't want, no, no, we don't want the laying on of hands. Thank you very much. Oh, God, I don't have any worse. Quite, quite depressing. Quite depressing. Uh, so, should you still be doing this? Joe Malone, who, as you know, is very famous. She sold her business to Estee Lauder, but she has Joe Loves which is her new business, which I say new, it's been around for a long time. She came in for an in-conversation. She's, uh, she's council estate girl. There's no airs and graces with her. She's, she's very down to earth. But she's admitted in the paper she still makes the bed for her son, who is 17, and she sprays the sheets with cologne. Couldn't we all do with a mum like that? 
Imagine, every day the bed is made, we spray the sheets with cologne. It's, it's old-fashioned, but it seems to work. Uh, also, the drugs killed our party girl. The rugby club chairman's teenage daughter dies after taking pink teddy ecstasy at a rave. Why do people do it? Do people not realise that there might be something that's in your body that reacts badly? You know, like a chemical reaction to these things, which are made in laboratories, and you could die. She died as a result. And uh, this is a girl called Lauren Atkinson. She's a beautician. She collapsed and died in a hotel room after taking a cocktail of drugs, including ecstasy. She took two pink teddy MDMA tablets, as well as cocaine and hippie crack. Well, I mean, you're kind of asking for trouble, aren't you? And people don't think... I mean, perhaps they don't think about the people left behind. Perhaps they're that selfish. But uh, either way, you know, you can't educate somebody. We've been trying to do it for years and years and years and years, and it just doesn't, uh, just doesn't work. Uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, one here says, I'm loving these sad jokes and uh, messages today. Very funny. As usual, says Paolio. And uh, how about thinly sliced tomato? It's your ham and cheese toasty. Tomato... Co- no, because I've had trouble with that before. You bite into it and the tomato squirts out the side. And so you sit there going, oh, Back where we started. Talking about Prince Charles's home, did he inherit Granny's home in May in Caithness, the Castle of May? Uh, that was a nice... She must have rattled around in there. And um, there's, there's, a, there's a trust, I believe, um, because in... I think, yes, I think Charles has got something to do with it, hasn't he? It's a lovely house. So he's heir apparent. So, as the Duke of Rothsey, they're just given these titles. It doesn't mean anything. They just go, would you like to be Duke of Rothsey? Yeah, OK. And he goes there for ten days a year. So there's a trust set up. It's got all sorts of people who sort of look after him. He just, he just goes up there. It's somewhere to go to, isn't it, really? And, and, that, and that's what it is. She died in March 2002, actually. Last visit, October 2001. Because the Queen Mother set about restoring the castle for use as a holiday. Well, she was up ladders, was she? Okay. Wallpaper here? Of course not. I mean, honestly, she, she'll be going, uh, yes, uh, we, we're going to decorate the house, ma'am. OK. Well, what do you think she's going to do? Get, get yes, a, a gin? Get two, double, double gin, double gin. I mean, let's face it, it must work. she lived for a lifetime. Almost two lifetimes. But there's no way she's going to be opening a tin of uh, Sanderson's granite paint, is she, to paint the outside of the blooming place? It's been renovated in the 50s, and uh, it's owned now by the Castle of May Trust, which I suspect could be the royal family. That's what I think it is. It's one of those sort of things. Because all their stuff is in trust. But it's open seven days a week. And um, so when, when their royal highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Rothsey, they stay at May, the Trust opened a new visitor centre. And then 29,000 people went there. It's lovely. And apparently the, the Queen Mother removed some of the, uh, the uh, 19th century additions. It was lovely, wasn't it? Like most of the places she lived in, it was like living in a fridge, freezing cold. But uh, you can go there. And uh, they, they've got their own website. So you can go and you, you, you pay to go around and have a look at the... You know, people like doing things like that. And they've got a lovely picture of the Queen Mother looking a vision in lavender or pink or any one of a number of other colours that she seemed to wear. She never wore anything particularly jazzy. It was always very sensible stuff. But she liked it up there. It's a, a detached... Uh, they have a detached... Oh, you can stay there as well. I didn't... There's a house nearby you can stay in. That's lovely, isn't it? Which is probably owned by the royal family as well. The Castle of May Trust. Put it in trust. Covers a multitude of sins, I should imagine. Uh, you can also book the uh, the Castle of May if you have 50 grand, says Christine. 
Is it, is it very expensive? <laughs> Another place I'm, I'm excluded from, I'm afraid. Anyway, nice to be company. News at six. Heading up. Uh, storm in a teacup. The Royal Navy lifeboat crew in very hot water. Monty Don has been sidelined. His programme's been shelled so they can show you boring old snooker. Condemned to die by the computer glitch. The ladies let down by the National Health Service. Harry's uh, got a wedding coming up. Get ready to swelter for the bank holiday belter. And uh, the high street banks, which are axed, leaving elderly people completely flummoxed. How do we get our money? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome along to Thursday, 3rd of May. Did I read somewhere that House of Fraser are closing some branches? I remember hearing, I'm, I'm sort of in sort of some hazy dream yesterday as I was sort of dozing in front of the television. I remember hearing somebody say House of Fraser are closing some branches down, but they weren't sure which ones they were closing. I wasn't even aware of how many shops they had. But uh, they're all over the place. So they're looking here, the retailer, because part of it's owned by uh, China now. I think China's Sea Banner, uh, which has shifted control from uh, Nanjing Senbest, which was another one. And so they haven't said how many stores are earmarked for closure. They've got 59 stores in the UK and Ireland, more than 6,000 employees and 11,500 concession staff. Good Lord. Is that, I mean, it's the reason that the high street is, is sort of not, not so good at the moment. So if they've got 59 stores, 6,000 employees, that's a lot, isn't it, really? And then there are sort of, you look at all the other, the crisis, which really is sort of going on at the moment. Uh, C-Banner, which is listed on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, is expected to raise about 70 million by issuing new shares. The deal is expected to complete by the end of June, and Nanjing Senbest will continue to hold a significant Minority. How can you have a significant minority stake? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Under their uh, ownership, there were plans for a big expansion of House of Fraser in China, but only one store materialised, uh, which is in uh, Nanjing itself. I mean, Toys R Us has gone. Maplin's uh, also gone on the same same day. It's not looking promising on the high street, is it? And now they're saying that uh, New Look and Carpet Right have both entered into CVAs. God, dear, honestly. What's going to be left on the high street? Nothing. Nothing. Coffee shops. Coffee shops. You go down the Strand here, and you can go down the Strand, have a banana, and you can... Uh, and you can. Uh, most of the shops are food and coffee shops. There's, no, there's not much sort of retail going on. Oxford Street, Regent Street, you've got that in London, but most of the, most of the Strand is coffee places. We've got a few, few banks down there. Coots is down there, and other nice sort of places. But unfortunately, the rest of it is coffee and foods. There's, you know, they're, they're the only places that survive. I suppose. Uh, Steve, when did Kate become Princess Catherine and will Meghan become a Princess Rachel stroke Meghan? I don't know. I can't remember. I think I think she will because she became a princess, if, if memory serves, from the moment she married William. Her title is Duchess of Cambridge, though. When Meghan marries Harry, she'll become a princess and her title will be the Duchess of Sussex. Whether it lasts, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, you have to have a title, apparently. And what for? I've got no idea. What difference? Why can't she just be Meghan? Meghan, Harry's bride, makes it, makes it so much easier, doesn't it? And I'm not sure if, if, if they leave the royal family, whether they hang on to it. So you've got Sarah, Duchess of York, but, I mean, she's not. She's quite clearly not a Duchess, but although she still seems to live on the Sandringham Estate, it's all a bit bizarre, isn't it? Or Windsor. I can't remember, anyway, she lives somewhere. And uh, Diana, they wanted a strip of all her titles as well, didn't they? I told you, you move into the royal family and you fall foul of them and something, something dreadful happens or whatever, that's it. You might as well give up now. So that's why I said before that Meghan is going to find it very, very difficult. All the experts have said exactly the same. You're moving into a family steeped in tradition. They'll do what they're told to do. Whether or not it changes, because Charles is a bit weak, 
you know, he isn't strong. He can't, you know, control his, his children at all. Otherwise, he'd have had words and Harry would have been eating humble pie by now and probably William as well. Uh, so that that's how that works. You mentioned French bulldogs. Please help us raise awareness, says Natalie, uh, of these gorgeous dogs. And uh, I can't I can't mention that charity because I have to check it out. I can't just sort of put up a charity, but I appreciate that uh, it's a good one. Just put it up on my on my Twitter. You'll find it at Steve Allen Show, and then if people want to see it, then they'll actually go to it. But I have to check it out first. I can't just direct people to something without my my team doing it. My team, my team makes it sound so grand, doesn't it? Makes you sound like there's a room full of people. Hello, hello, uh, but there's not. Uh, Steve, if they want the high streets to survive, why don't they? Uh, change their hours. We work nine to five. When we finish, the shops are shut, says Ingrid. I know. It's only the corner shops that stay open, isn't it, really? It's, you know, it's, it's very difficult to get people to work these long hours. Yeah, everybody else seems to manage. There's a shop in London. It's, um, um, as I go up Shaftesbury Avenue, it's sort of like it sells drinks and sweets and we do a sandwich and a, something else. But it seems to be open 24 hours a day. They obviously have different parts of the family running it. And so uh, it never closes. And you probably have to work those hours to afford to pay the the rent. Please remind people if they're buying a puppy, says Sue, always see them with their mother. A genuine breeder will have no problems with that. A good breeder is likely to ask the buyer more questions than the buyer asks because they'll be fussy who their pups go to. Always use a breeder registered with the Kennel Club if you want a pedigree dog. But please remember, rehoming a rescue dog is best. The trouble is you get these crooks out there, Sue, as you and I know. And uh, I had my run-in with Aunt one some years ago. Luckily, we ended up winning. She was a nasty little piece of work. You know, again, it was these, these puppy farms, these puppy farm dogs, where they sometimes come in from abroad. And they come in from all over the place. And they've got illnesses. They're not registered. You know, you, you'll, you'll never see them with their mother because they'll always make up some excuse. And it's just, it's a way of... So they'll, they'll try and sell them through people who've got uh, houses. And uh, we've seen programmes on the television that expose these people. But the one today is exposed... In the mirror in Penman Investigates. Again, another one of these crooks. You know, and they find £50,000. Give you a rough idea how seriously they're trying to take this. But these people, if these dogs die, they chuck them out by the side of the road. We've seen footage of it. It's it's really tragic. It really is tragic. It's just really not right. But there there, there are people out there who just don't deserve to be with animals at all. I was playing golf uh, one day, Steve. And a funeral car drove past the golf course. My friend took his cap off and bowed down. I said, well done, sir. You have great respect. He said, well, we were married for 25 years. Da, 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 da. Thank you. <laughs> Steve, I'm a hoarder. Yesterday I went through six boxes of my clothes. They're all from the 60s and 70s and immaculate. I had a 22-inch waist. I'm now 70 and have a 26-inch waist. So I've decided to give them to a local school and their drama department. Yeah, they love dressing. Kids love dressing up. You know, what, what might have been fashion in our day, the kids would want to put on. The more garish it was, and believe you me, I've got garish. I've got I'm real garish. I've got so many things. I sort of look at it and think, I should give that to a charity shop, but they're so blooming ungrateful round our way because they've got so much stuff that, oh, just put it over there. You think, do you not want to look through it? Do you not want to say thank you very much indeed? So I thought, no, I'm not, I'm not going to give to charity shops anymore, I'm afraid. It's certainly not clothes. These are really expensive. When I took the last time in there, I kid you not, there must have been a couple of thousand pounds worth of clothes. Not one thank you or nothing. Put them over there. Oh, all right. Sorry, I wandered in. So I'm not doing it again. Not doing it. I know I'm now going to be inundated with charity shops going, bring it to us, Steve. We'll look after it. It's terrible, really, isn't it? Uh, Steve, if the House of Fraser leaves Epsom, it'll kill the town. Rents and car parking don't help. Shops or shoppers, says Linda. No. Well, in Salisbury, they've actually, after their incident, 
with that uh, with that sort of stuff which might have been on door handles or on luggage or whatever else. It, they've made it free free parking. My brother works down there. He said it's absolutely killed Salisbury, stone dead. Not not literally, but he said it's it's noticeably quiet. People don't want to come out there. They'll go somewhere else. Uh, at the Richmond Theatre yesterday, says Karen, we saw an Agatha Christie, uh, Agatha Christie, Love from a Stranger. Brilliant cast, including new and up-and-coming talent, Sam Frencham as the lead. Richmond's lovely, very nice, and so green. I know, it's called grass. Do you not have grass? Where are you? Barnet. You must have loads of grass out in Barnet. No, Richmond's very pretty. We have the Thames. We have that in London. We have the Thames down the road from here, actually. It's lovely. You know, a nice, you know, afternoon, nice cup of tea, sit there watching the river flowing by, all the tourists on the boat, wave at them. They'll all wave back. I love it. You can't, you can't get enough of tourists. There's so many of them, and we see hordes and hordes in London. It seems to increase every, every five minutes. So I just had to have a slurp of my tea. I'm going great guns on tea today, which is fabulous. Uh, Steve, there are so many coffee shops around the UK that we're very close to a shortage world coffee. You're joking, there's a glut of it. But the prices aren't coming down. A lot of coffee beans come from Vietnam, says Tony. Well, at the moment, there's lots of them. And so coffee prices are low. I can tell you this because we did it on the programme two days ago. And, uh, and yet somebody said, you won't see any, um, any drop in the price of your latte. Of course you won't. Of course you won't. Why would they? Half of them aren't paying tax anyway. Why would they worry about it? They're not going to lower the prices for you. That's just not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, also in the paper today... So with uh, with sort of Harry's wedding, it's literally a matter of weeks, isn't it? Literally a matter of weeks. I'll have had my cataracts done before he's actually got married, which is, which is two weeks Saturday. Oh, maybe not two weeks on Saturday. So happy 70th birthday to the Land Rover. And of course, they've got a lovely picture of the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh because they've all got them. Andrew, of course, smashes his through gates because he's a bit like that, a bit hot headed. And um, as I say, I don't know how they afford them. I've got no idea. They're terribly expensive. Unless, they, of course, perhaps they're on some sort of contra deal with them. Uh, the Queen would like a Land Rover. All right, yeah, we can sort that out. Don't worry. We can, we can sort that out as well. Uh, also, the, um, the facing jail, the hacker, who stole millions of victims' data to sell on the dark web. He had all sorts of things. He had people's... Uh, 165,000 people. He'd got their bank details. That's how easy it is to, to break in now. It's awful, isn't it, really, when you think about it? You think you're being all, all secure... And, in fact, you're not being secure at all because somebody can actually uh, break in. Uh, there's a lovely picture of, a, apparently, um, a beautician outside, call in, uh, outside court in Stockport. Obviously not a very successful beautician, this one, because she looks like the wreck from hell, I promise you. Sarah Fallows is her name. Uh, she punched a PC, Tracy Hallworth, in the face and spat at officers. They tried to calm her during a white wine and cocaine crazed meltdown. She's apparently a beauty consultant. I wouldn't go anywhere near her. I've never seen like her. What on earth is she wearing? A dirty old anorak. She's stuffing her face. She's got the Croydon facelift and she's got a five-year-old daughter admitted three charges of assaulting police and criminal damage to a police handcuff holster. She wiped away tears as she insisted she'd now cut her drinking to two bottles of wine at the weekend and reduced her cocaine use. (laughs) That's somebody who's a beautician. Dear me. She's been told to pay £100 compensation and £150 damages. It's not enough, is it? Should be a 1000 10000 I don't think. Any police officer listening at the moment will tell you they've got these hoods. I think Nick Ferrari did a programme on it the, the, to stop people spitting on you. Isn't that disgusting? Well, I mean, what you really want to happen is sort of somebody to spit on you and the police say, don't do that. And then all the police officers turn around and spit on them. See how they like it. Disgusting people. It really is awful. Um, also, you've got this uh, baking programme. 
This is Britain's Best Home Cook. And uh, they've got sort of people... I've never even heard of some of these people. I know Mary Berry. I know who she is. The two blokes I've never even heard of in my entire life. One of them is here. Uh, this is uh, Dan Doherty. He's a chef. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. And uh, also Claudia Winkleman, Mary Berry, we've heard of him. And Chris Bavin. Who's he? Why have I never heard of these people? Are they these sort of people who created... A chef. Chef where? Doesn't tell you anything at all. But what they're doing is... They're sort of, they're doing, uh, they've got ten home cooks. So there's four people on this show. Good Lord above, honestly. Thank God the BBC's not running radio programmes. Oh, it is. I'm so sorry. I completely forgot about BBC Local Radio. And uh, the amount of people who work on a radio programme. Four people presenting on a television programme and ten other cooks. It's to find out who can cook at home. Who wants to? Who wants to? You don't want to do things like that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So, apart from happy birthday to the Land Rover, 70 today and a bank holiday weekend around the corner, the Army and Navy playing rugby. Well, I say playing rugby. They're going to be at Twickenham. Always a nightmare for everybody there. They have to close the pubs early uh, afterwards to get to get them all out of town because otherwise they'll just stand there drinking all the time. Uh, the Speaker of the House of Commons is a national embarrassment, says one of the uh, columnists in the paper today. I think Stephen Glover writing in the, uh, the paper. Uh, if you want to ease the stress... If you have a long day at work, apparently colouring... Who wants to colour in? I mean, seriously, who comes up with this mad stuff? Really mad. And the burglar. Uh, he's been let off by the police. Uh, they knew it was him. He was guilty as charged because he left his... Uh, he'd just come out of prison. He had his identity card and he left it at the scene of the crime. That's why he's stupid. But uh, they didn't bother putting him back in, in prison. And the nation's favourite cake has been revealed. <laughs> Not for us, I think. Uh, lemon drizzle. There's a shop in uh, Richmond, and he's um, a chocolatier. He's a master chocolatier. And he does chocolates, uh, which are very posh. And then he does cakes as well. And he does a lemon drizzle. Oh, it's ever so nice. Proper lemon. <laughs> Proper lemon juice on it. I, I can't remember. I did buy one some time ago. I, I quite like a piece of cake, but not very often. Not very often. Uh, also, an armed man goes into a McDonald's. Right, put your hands up. What does he steal? Not, not a Big Mac or anything like that. He takes a box of stickers for their Monopoly game. I mean, seriously, it's got that desperate out there, hasn't it, really? Uh, also, the uh, the gang menace blamed on dads who just don't care. Because you tend to find most of these kids who cause all this damage, they don't have any sort of parental family as such. They just seem to have a mother at home. Father, God knows where. God knows where. Uh, the storm over a teacup, I've yet to tell you. I'm, I'm sa That's my coup de grace this morning. I'm saving you that one. And uh, beyond to be wild, there's a chat with ABBA. A 70s fever grips the nation once again. They've got two tracks that they're going to release. They've said they're not really bothered whether people like them. They're doing it for them. They never sort of ever wrote, I don't think, thinking it was going to be a hit. And uh, this will be a completely different departure. So I can't wait to hear it. Can you? Sounds fantastic. And uh, Greece is 40. That's Greece, the I got chills, they're multiplying. And they're losing control of the power. I'd love to have been in Greece. I remember talking to Olivia Newton-John and my friend all the way over in uh, uh, Paul Brennan over in Austria was so jealous, so jealous. And uh, I might be getting, well, I am going to a garden party, Cliff's garden party, and uh, it'd be lovely if she turned up. There was a rumour she was going to turn up. I thought, can't believe it, can't believe it. But who cares? Listen, it's always good fun anyway. But uh, Olivia Newton-John, they had to practically pull her into those trousers. They were so tight, so tight. As they, as they said in one programme, you could see me changing my mind. 
Uh, my charity shop, Woking Hospice in Virginia Water, will appreciate all donations. So important to give to charity shops, says, uh, says Cheryl. Well, I mean, it's, it's the new industry, isn't it? People come from overseas now and they go, blimey, you've got all these shops with sort of cheap stuff in. It's other people's clothes. It's like a second-hand clothing shop. That's what it is, really. And uh, one says, take your stuff to the Blue Cross charity shops. People are very grateful and lovely because they like animals. And uh, also Kim says, we've just rescued a retired racing greyhound we've called Malcolm. Bless it. And uh, Paul says, we're going to Joe Allen's on Saturday on your recommendation. Are you on commission? No, I've just been eating there for about 40 years. You know, everybody's got favourite places they go to, and Joe Allen's is more of an institution. A bit like the Ivy. It's more of an institution. People go to Joe Allen's for, you know, you go there because you have a nice time. That's what people go for. It's not rowdy. Well, it can be in the evening sometimes, but it's, it's not like one of those places where it's full of drunks. It's, uh, it's just a good, fun showbiz sort of place. Sometimes you're lucky and you see people who are in show business. Other, you go there, though, for, for the ambience that you can create. That's why, on commission, honestly, I wish. Steve, you are a one. You certainly make me laugh. She has the Croydon facelift. Uh, uh, I'm not offended, even though I was born in the borough of Croydon. I think it's a standard phrase, actually, the Croydon facelift. It's where you scrape your hair back and stick it on your head. It's a Croydon... I mean, she's a beautician. I mean, dear Lord, a a beautician who admits to taking cocaine. Mind you, she looks like a complete wreck. Uh, Can't wait for your podcast. Wish they were longer. Well, you never know. You never know. I don't know how long today's is, but it's always long enough. Get in, you know, and I'm sure that you'll, uh, you'll enjoy... We're in... 17 minutes. There you go. We're in double figures. Uh, when a firm goes bankrupt, can't they just change their official heading or holder name and then open up for trade under a new name, says Tony? Not necessarily. And uh, no no Darren Adam tomorrow. No, because it's election. So you'll have Ian Dale and Jackie Smith through the six hours. You better, better brace yourself on that one. So uh, Reed just starting another company with a different name. That's exactly what the bosses of Cambridge Analytica appear to have done. Will Will Guyatt explain that to Darren earlier? So you can you can do the podcast. <coughs> you can you can find out. It's all put put it this way. There's loads of strange things that go on. I mean, seriously, all over the place. It's not just companies, is it? It's the royal family. It's everybody's everybody's at it today. Everybody's at it. I'm the only one who's not. I feel like I should be really. Uh, Sun this morning. Oh, I was, I was going to do the Daily Star, but for the second day running, they, they can't really be bothered to deliver it. So I'm not particularly, uh, you know, enamoured of them. Uh, but they, they've got, um, it's a heat wave heading to Britain, and they've got the heat wave forecaster, that glitter all over it, um, who is uh, Brad Pitt. He turned up on some comedy channel because he's going, oh my God, it's Brad Pitt, oh my God, it's got Brad Pitt. They get very excited over there. Very excited. Uh, 84850, uh, TV's Tyrone breaks up with wife. And this is Alan Halsell with his wife, Lucy Jo Hudson. They're both in Coronation Street together. And uh, then they started a relationship and they have uh, Babby, which is nice. But don't, don't ever think that babies hold marriages together because they're, uh, <laughs> they're not. You know, it's, it's a shame now that people seem to last about five minutes. And that's about as much as it goes, really, isn't it? You know, the latest Dan Osborne and Jacqueline Josser. We told her ages and ages ago, listen, he, he can't go the course. Oh, no, he can't. There's no, no commitment there whatsoever with people like him. And then the other day, what was it? Was it um, Katie Price was accused of photoshopping her, uh, her boy, who's Peter Andre's son as well. And they said uh, he's been photoshopped. And you go, well, he might not have been. Apparently somebody had a, an attachment on their camera which made it, everybody look younger. I can do with that. I didn't know there was a thing that you could actually sort of take a photo of yourself. But uh, Katie Price, who cares? Seriously, it doesn't matter. And then Christine, how are you? Leakley, who uh, turned up with a blonde wig on television and then started talking 
really about smutty stuff that we don't really need to hear about. Uh, also, uh, the sailor who launched the new carrier. This is a teen sailor who cut the cake to launch the new aircraft carrier HMS Queen Elizabeth has been booted out of the Navy for taking ecstasy. I mean, how dumb do you have to be? Welcome to the world of Callum Huey, who did the honours at the... He's only 17. He did it in December. Sources, sources confirmed the steward failed a compulsory drugs test and was promptly booted out. What a buffoon you are. You were in all the papers today, so I'm sure your parents would be so thrilled. What a marvellous person you really are not. Uh, Burko and the bullying probe, they're trying to get this one pushed through as quick as possible to find out what the heck went on. Somebody who uh, received a payment and signed a disclaimer form, then goes on Panorama, I think, and starts talking about slamming phones down and all sorts of things, honestly. Like, nobody's got uh, tempers nowadays. I'm sure that Mr Burko has probably slammed quite a few... I might do... Look, done it myself now, I don't care. That's me having a tantrum. Uh, so the, uh, the RNLI having the crew in hot water. This is a storm over a teacup. You might think this is quite innocent, but they, they, they've taken it quite seriously... And, um, in fact, it's so serious, it's actually gone to the next stage. So I'll tell you about them, the other side of the news. Uh, Rod Little, nothing particularly interesting today. Uh, also, Harry's lineup. you know, who's going to be a flower girl? I think you'll find Princess Charlotte is definitely going to be a flower girl. So she'll be nice. George is going to be, I don't know what he's going to be. He's holding the same sort of basket. Perhaps he's a flower boy. He'll hate it. They'll make him wear knickerbockers again. And he'll just, he'll be throwing the stuff at people. Yeah, go on, have some of that. Have some of that. I'm Prince George. Have some of that. And then they've got the... Uh, there's no bridesmaids, as far as I can see. I can't see any bridesmaids. Oh, they found, found one. Lindsay Roth, Jessica Mulroney. And uh, you've got mother of the bride, who's Doria Ragland. Father of the bride, Tom Markle. Whether they're there, I don't, I've got... Seriously, the whole family's gone a bit, bit balmy bonkers. Because I think the uh, the half-brother of Meghan Markle has written to Harry saying, don't don't marry her, she's, she's going to be trouble. It's charming, isn't it? What a lovely family. They sound brilliant already. Can't wait for them to move into our dysfunctional family. Uh, then they've got uh, Harry wearing one of his little uniforms. And um, then you've got the best man, who is William, who'll be wearing another similar uniform that he hasn't worn for donkey's years uh, or ever seen active service. Then you've got the uh, father, the, the Prince Charles, who's shrunk. And uh, now looks as though, you know, they'll have to sort of lift him up a little bit, put some heels on. And uh, and then they, they, they've got a list about, you know, who the VIPs might be. It's looking a bit thin, I have to tell you. They're not, they're not keen on VIPs because they obviously see themselves as VIPs. And uh, we're not sure who Meghan's friends are, if indeed she has any friends. Harry's friends are people he's had for ages and ages. And then there'll be a few people. I think the Beckhams are going. So expect some classic showing off from Dave as he turns around to wave to people, thinking it's all about him, which, of course, it isn't. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Did you know, he says, because I couldn't believe it either, this is from the RAC, did you know it is not illegal to park on somebody else's driveway? How does that happen? So, in other words, you, sort of, you just see somebody's driveway, go, I think we'll go and park there, shall we? It's not illegal to do that. I wonder why that would be. Perhaps the driveway doesn't constitute the footprint of the house or something. I don't know. But there you go. So just in case you're looking for somewhere to park today, just park in somebody's drive. They can't do anything about it. Well, they could block you in and you could sit there for days on end. So, you know, it wouldn't be advisable at all. Uh, Steve, delighted you're bringing puppy farms to people's attention. Oh, I've done it over the years. This is not the first time. Believe you me. Believe you me. A cruel and evil trade. They're getting around the see the pups with their mother by putting a bitch with them. But there's often no interest from the bitch as they're not her puppies. 
You have to have all your wits about you. Find Kennel Club registered breeders. A good breeder welcome you. Uh, two or three visits before you take the puppy home. I had the best breeder for my girl. A dog is a blessing and deserves better. Absolutely. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Nothing new with Steve Allen and puppy farms, let me tell you. I've had my, uh, my run-ins. They're nasty people. Very nasty. But you know why? There's money involved. Oh, there's money. And they're puppies. They don't care. They come in with illnesses, diseases. They don't come in from where you think they're coming from. They're coming from, you know, these ghastly, out-of-the-way places. They had some undercover filming of literally, it was like a, a farm in the middle of nowhere, I think in Ireland, and they went in there with hidden cameras, night sight cameras, and there were all these puppies everywhere. It was like a scene from 101 Dalmatians, except it was a bit sick. They just bring them up, and then they sort of take them out, and then they sell them. They're sort of, they're sort of bred to order, as it were. Uh, Steve, it's a bit foggy today in Hampton Court, driving through at 6.30 to miss the traffic. Had to de-ice the car today. It's another cold one. It is absolutely freezing cold out there, and we're told it's going to be a heat wave. Which we don't mind. We like a heat wave. It's always a, it's always a good sign of uh, of some decent bank holiday weather. There'll be some fun fairs. We'll give you a, a list tomorrow so you can find things to do for the Monday. Because otherwise you'll be wandering about in a dolly daydream, won't you? Kanye West sparked this race row yesterday by declaring that slavery of black men, women and children was a choice. I mean, nobody ever said he was intelligent, it has to be said. So quite rightly, everybody's rounded on him. Uh, he made the claim in one of two high-profile interviews in America and drew a backlash from fans and fellow celebrities. Kanye says, when you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. Celebrities, including musician Will I Am, telly host Piers Morgan, director Spike Lee and his close friend John Legend were among those who condemned him. Will said, when you're a slave, you're owned. You don't, you don't choose if you're owned. When you're a slave... You're deprived of education. That's not choice, that's by force. Yeah, but Kanye West is a bit thick, isn't he? You wouldn't expect him to understand that. Dreadful, isn't it, when you have to explain somebody's heritage to them. Somebody was arguing with Nick Ferrara the other day when he was talking about Obama being a black president. He said, actually, he, he, he's a mixed race, mixed race. And Nick said, no, he still would have been a slave. His family would trace it back. Some people are just, they can't see the wood for the trees, can they? They really can't. Uh, 22 minutes to six. Nick Ferrari is with you again this morning. At uh, seven. Tomorrow morning he'll be with you from six. He starts an hour earlier. 270 women may have had their lives shortened when an IT glitch meant they weren't asked to go to their final breast cancer scan. Public Health England's Deputy Medical Director will explain what went wrong. With the TSB online banking fiasco having been going on for nearly two weeks now, Nick will try and find out when it might finally end. Plus, after the new Home Secretary, Sajid Javid, was targeted by racist trolls online, Nick will ask how tough it is to be Asian in modern Britain. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. More going on. So just to explain, for, for those people who've been writing in to be saying what's happened to Dale, um, the coroner is looking at what they've got so far, and they haven't had an autopsy yet. He's not entirely comfortable with everything. Normally it goes to the coroner for them to decide if there's something there that they think needs looking at, so he might have to order the autopsy. Because it's been it's been weeks now. It seems weeks and weeks to me. It seems like ages ago. Another lifetime. But uh, they'll, they'll be doing that hopefully very, very shortly. Who are all these stupid people who seriously believe Salisbury is the new Chernobyl? High time all these police staff in, uh, in their suits who are still sectioning uh, areas off and presumably haven't found a single other trace of anything toxic should clear off, says Dallas. Yes. Apparently it's not illegal to park on somebody's drive with a dropped curb, but it's illegal to block them in on your drive, says Ian. 
Right. It's illegal to block a car in a drive, says Dennis. Imagine if you came back, though, and there's somebody parked on your drive. Well, I'd be blocking them in. I don't care. I'd be do- I mean, I'm, that just seems ridiculous. You know, is, is your home your, your actual property anymore now, or is it not? Uh, Steve, I sell my unwanted stuff on two sites. One charges commission, the other doesn't. Then I buy toys and take them to the children's ward at a few hospitals. Uh, that way they get the full value and not 10% of the money. Like if I donated that way, says Jim. And uh, another one here, uh, also a regular at Joe Allen's. I persuaded them to stock Galliano to revive the 70s classic, the Harvey Wallbanger. One I hated Galliano. Hated it. Vodka, orange juice with Galliano floated on top. Ugh. Hated Galliano. Loved the bottle, loved the colour, but hated the actual drink. When they moved to the new location, along with all the fittings and the posters, the original bar has been cut in half. Well, the actor wouldn't fit in, Mark. I saw them carrying it across there, because that was the whole thing about Joe Allen's bar, but they cut it in half, they put it in. I think it's great. I think they work really hard down there. I love it. But I've been, as I say, I've been going there for nigh on 40 years. Nigh on 40. My, everything's 40 years. Have you just noticed? Everything's 40 years in my life. This is odd, isn't it? And uh, and uh, somebody uh, says here, this dude on LBC is such a chatty patty. Lovely. Well, we have to. It's a speech station. It'd be a bit silly, wouldn't it, really, if we sort of brought in a string ensemble or something. Uh, Steve, heatwave on bank holiday. Don't make me laugh. Torrential rain and hurricanes, more plausible, says uh, Monica. No, they've said heatwave. We've had a check. We've been to the highest authority in the land and they've said heatwave. So it's, you know, might as well enjoy it while it's there. It's not going to last long, is it? I've just got a feeling that summer this year is going to be a bit a bit weedy. But yesterday it tipped it down. Today I think it might tip it down as well. Uh, talking of puppy farms, not only cruel for the pups, but the, uh, but the bitches who are used as breeding machines. I know, I've seen them. Any, any illnesses, they're not treated. So when they're, they're thrown out when they can't breed anymore, uh, as bred from yearly, which is wrong, they're often blind... Teeth rotten and all the mead removing, says Sue in Basingstoke. Well, it's like the people who dump horses by the side of the road. That's been the latest thing. There was one horse that was just about to give birth. They both died by the side of the road. People who... I thought if you had horses, you were an animal lover. I mean, I'm, perhaps I'm getting it wrong. Perhaps I'm getting it wrong. I thought that, if, you know, you loved horses. I thought little girls love horses and they look after them. And, you know, but obviously the people who've, who've got horses like this, they're dumped by the side of the road. There was one the other day, blinded with acid. Somebody threw acid in its face. I mean, you know, I hate to tell you this because it makes me sound quite mean, but I'd string somebody like that up and pull the handle myself. I just don't understand how anybody could ever do that to, to an animal that can't actually do anything to defend itself. That's why I've often said that when they have the bull running in Pamplona, let's give the bulls uh, submachine guns and they can go around attacking all the people. I mean, it must be frightening for them. Absolutely terrible, terrible. Uh, parking on private property without uh, permission is trespass. Could be reckless criminal damage, says Mick. Um, and then somebody says, what about uh, parking across somebody's drive? Well, I, don't, I mean, I just don't understand what, what sort of ignorant people would ever do that. It's, so if there's, if there's no car on it, you can park across it, apparently. I mean, what a ridiculous law. Have you ever heard of such a thing? So in other words, if there's no, nothing on the drive, you can park across the bottom. I mean, that, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Why would you? I mean, what, what, where does that law come from? So many strange laws in this country. So uh, you, 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 you can find it out on, um, on the internet. It, it'll be on there. It's not, not difficult to find, ladies and gentlemen. And it'll, it'll keep you sort of keep you going for ages. All these strange... There's some odd laws, aren't there? But we've known about this for some time. We're a very strange country. Not the, not the most normal. Uh, 84850, steve at We'll do the, uh, the front pages of the, uh, the papers in a moment, just so you know what's going on in the world. It's the, um, it's the NHS story which is going to run today, 
and uh, probably together as well. A lot of people talking about uh, board games. Jilly sent me in a lovely picture of a new board game. <laughs> it's got a picture of Diane Abbott and uh, it's Connect One, which is the classic vertical one in a row game. It's just very cruel, very rude. Admittedly, I mean, you know, we don't, uh, uh, we, we don't sort of, I don't sort of know everything that goes on, do they? Uh, Stuart Manning says somebody parked on my drive, so I called a tow truck and got it removed. He wasn't happy when he came back, but he won't do it. Again. No, no. There is a company actually to stop people parking illegally called Seton, S-E-T-O-N, and they they supply everything for for car parks and building and all sorts of things. So they sell road signs. You know, if you want a no smoking in the lift sign, you would go to Seton or other companies like that. But the one thing they do, and I tried to find it for ages because we had a terrible problem with people parking illegally. And and I couldn't think of any deterrent. So, so we actually tried a clamping firm and that was OK, provided they were in the in the vicinity. But then you have to be careful you don't damage the vehicle. There's very strict rules about it. So uh, then... He started issuing parking tickets and you could go to DVLA and for 10 quid they would tell you where the, where the car was registered to. So you could send them a, a, a bill if they decided to pay it. Um, but the best thing is stickers which say and ask James O'Brien about this one. He'll know all about the stickers that we've got. And it says you've parked on private property. Do not. But they don't. They're, they're permanent glue. So it inconveniences them. What, what, you can't put them in the middle of a windscreen because that would inconvenience somebody. So you put it on their side window. They come back, they think it just peels off. It doesn't. It's a permanent glue. It sets in about a minute. And you just peel the backing off. And it, it deters people from parking. So annoying. You come back, somebody's parked in your space or they've parked across your drive. And you think, what ignorant people are they? So there was this company. They're, as far as I know, they're the only ones who make these sticks. I've never seen them before. You can have them so they're not permanent. But that seems just a waste of money putting a sticker on so somebody can sort of, you know, just sort of peel it off again. What's the point of buying something like that? The idea is to inconvenience them the same way they've inconvenienced you. But I've known traffic wardens around our way uh, ticket hearses. There's a hearse waiting, you know, with, with a coffin in it, and a traffic warden's put a ticket on it because they're waiting to go off to the funeral. What's the matter with everybody? We need to smile a bit more. That's why this, this uh, programme is so essential. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's interesting, when you look at the, uh, the pictures in the papers, only a few papers uh, carry it of the uh, tributes to George Michael. It's, it's just sort of an area of grassland. They've strung things up to trees. They've left flowers. It does look a horrible mess, actually. And, uh, and so the family have now said, listen, can you please come and take it away? Because otherwise, I'm sure they'll have to remove it, which would make it uh, un- you know, a lot easier. I know that the fans... Sort of saying, well, that's sort of our sort of tribute. There's all sorts of odd things. People leave the oddest things there. You just can't do it, I'm afraid. Uh, so that's in a lot of the papers for today. The Guardian, front page. Uh, Javid joins Brexiteers to derail May on customs. Uh, Cambridge Analytica, the firm at the heart of the Facebook data scandal to close down, sort of. And uh, what's happened to rap's most complex star, Kanye West? I don't think he was complex at all. I think he was just simple. Simple. Although uh, somebody wrote to me and said that uh, Kanye West comments, one unassailable fact of the hideous slave trade is that it was the respective African leaders' decision to sell their finest and most able men and women into slavery in exchange for money, arms, gunpowder and trinkets. I was taught that as a 12-year-old, says June in uh, Poplar. If Kanye had made his statement with this historical insight, it could have been accurate. However, to suggest it was a choice of the hapless individual sold into slavery is ignorant and unforgivable. But the trouble is, I think people, after a while, they do talk rubbish, don't they? I mean, that's, that's it. It's interesting, Charlie Girling. You know Charlie Girling from our showbiz department? 
And she says the tribute to George Michael is literally just down the road from her. She said it's hideous. She said people have left cigarette packets there with fairy lights on. I'm not even sure he smoked. I think he did. At one time, I'm pretty certain I've got pictures of, of George with a, with a cigarette. Well, we know he smoked spliffs, don't we? Because he was doing about 16 a day. That's why. That's probably why. But also, it's the, the family have said, for people who live in the area, it's not very nice for them. You know, all right, to do a tribute. Mind you, still all these years later, they still do Freddie Mercury. So perhaps the fans are there, but perhaps, you know, are they the best fans? Who knows? Thank you, Charlie. Uh, the Times, may defied by senior ministers over plans for EU customs deal. Crackdown on students who silence free speech. They're going to shortly allow people to talk any old twaddle. But uh, there again, I thought actually our universities were always like that. Always like that. Women waiting six months after the cancer test failures. Lack of screening leaving thousands anxious. Up to 270 people died, they say, because of this IT blunder. There's one here, Trixie Goff who died from breast cancer aged 76 in 2015. Her daughter was very angry because no screening letter had arrived. It's this, it's this sort of follow-up thing. You, you seem to be quite divided on this this morning, saying it's up to people to, to try and work out when you've got your appointments. But, I mean, I'm useless at things like that. And I've got more appointments than anybody else. Even my brother thought the cataracts operation was today. So it's, it's one of those difficult things. You have to keep... You literally need sort of a diary to be kept... Uh, Hannah Betts on the whirlwind romance of Sheridan Smith. Is it going to last? I don't know. I don't think she's in a great place again. She seems to have slipped off the the radar. Uh, also, the breast cancer patients demanding an answer. Burko faces the inquiry into the bullying claims. And um, the Prime Minister's spokesman has made it clear that Mrs May would be open to the inquiry into Westminster bullying uh, being widened to include historical allegations. Uh, May outnumbered on the Brexit uh, customs deal. And a picture on the front of the Telegraph of today is Patricia Minchin, a former nurse who should have been offered a mammogram in 2013. She was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2015. I mean, it's a hideous situation. And it's the front page of the Daily Mail as well. They've gone with exactly the same story. Betrayal of 450,000 women. Health officials took four months to raise the alarm. Why did it? Why does it all fall apart? Why is it that people can't do what you would think would be fairly straightforward? I mean, up to, you know, 270 could have died. The family's fury that the computer failure went undetected for 10 years. For 10 years. I mean, I must be honest, all of my stuff seems to come through fairly regularly, but then occasionally you get a glitch like this and it all falls apart. Uh, the Sun, the scandal, the NHS cancer bungle, and they've said here they've got uh, a picture of, uh, of Jeremy Hunt, who's the health secretary. He said the IT glitch dating back to 2009 meant 450,000 women were not called for their last test, and they should have been. Uh, TV's Tyrone breaks up with wife... And uh, this is Alan Halsell, who played Tyrone with his wife, Lucy Jo Hudson. And uh, that's gone a bit pear-shaped. It's not happening recently, isn't it? As I've said before, it's not really up to us to decide, you know, why people's marriages go awry or their relationships go awry. It seems to be people mainly, <coughs> excuse me, not that it applies to Alan, but from reality shows who seem to think that uh, their sad, tatty little relationships are of any interest to anybody. You know, when you've been on a programme like Love Island, the hardly the one thing you're going to be thinking about is a relationship. You're going to be thinking about who's easy to um, to sort of bed in the sand dunes, aren't you, as opposed to anything else. It's all a little bit embarrassing to call it a relationship. Uh, the whirlwind romances, can they ever last, writes the Daily Mirror. The answer is no, they don't. 
They don't seem to last very long at all. Sheridan's been completely unlucky in love. But there again, she might not be one of those people who suits a relationship. Lots of people don't suit relationships. Some people are good at relationships. Some people work too hard. They don't have time for relationships. Other people go, oh, I can't really be bothered. Can't really be bothered. Uh, NHS screening scandal, front page of the, uh, the Mirror. Breakup uh, here of the computer. The breast cancer blunder, which has killed, they say, 270 450,000 women were denied life-saving scans. A huge amount of people. Huge amount of people. And the Express, condemned to die by computer glitch. Plus uh, Sheridan. They're really intrigued about Sheridan Smith. You know, she's known somebody for three months and now they're engaged. So that apparently means it's, it's all on. And Love and Carriage. Harry sorting out transport for the big day because he's going to be wearing some uniform. You've got no idea what it is. They'll be going around, be a couple of Landau's. They'll date from the 1800s or something like that. And uh, they'll be going around where, where the security will be. Lord knows, probably in every everything. They're building huge stands and everything else in Windsor so that the adoring public can get to see them. And they'll come out and they'll do the waving. She'll do the waving. And then they'll go back. Then they'll change. And he'll put another, another outfit on. And then they'll go off for the dinner. In the uh, in the evening, I think, which is for I think six hundred for the wedding, two hundred for the dinner. Perhaps they're running out of money. I don't I don't know who actually pays for it. it. It could be it could be the Queen. I'm not too sure actually. I know that there's a huge bill for security, and that'll be picked up by somebody. Now tomorrow we shall do the program, but we start we start at four, as per usual. But we finish at six, okay? Because the overnight program uh, from I to work out which day I'm in from from ten tonight all the way through till four o'clock tomorrow morning is with Ian Dale and Jackie Smith. Okay, and that'll be for the uh, local elections, and then Nick Ferrari will be uh, with you just after me at six. So he starts an hour early. Okay, followed it so far. Good, because we will be asking questions. So I will be back with you tomorrow morning at four. Uh, make sure you download the LBC app, because as well as listening to LBC wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of the other programmes from the last week for free on our catch-up feature. And you can get my free podcast for today as well. On my little bit extra, I'll be exploring Kate Winslet's calls to fellow celebrities to wear a little bit more on the red carpet. But what would the Towie lot do if they couldn't get their boobs out? Rely on talent? Also be taking you through the latest adventure of the super-talented Beckham family as Dave celebrates a birthday. Plus, you'll find out about Kerry Coctona's latest rant and why she's wrong as per usual. It's all on my little bit extra, which is available very shortly, and it's totally free. Do do it. Go to lbc.co.uk. Just downloading the LBC app for iPhone or Android is, uh, is the way forward, and tap on Catch Up. It's as simple as that. Uh, coming up at 10, I think it's parking hour today. From midday, it's James O'Brien. But next, the award-winning Nick Ferrari with breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.